Okay, okay, we are back. Episode two of the bomb hole. How we doing, Stony Butts? We're doing good, man. And I just want to say, wow, the love from episode one, Justin Benny, that we got from this amazing snow community was really something special. And dude, I'm so excited, man. Please keep sending us messages repost hype us up and uh this community we have dope unreal thank you from the bottom of our heart straight up for this episode we get into nils's story for those who don't know he's had a crazy journey he's accomplished more at 25 than most people will in their whole life we're talking contest wins engineering degree crazy video parts battling depression we we kind of cover it all we're really excited about this one huh buds yeah man real stoked i say we just get right into it here is episode two. You are listening to the Bomb Hole. Bomb Hole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bomb Hole. Hello! <laughs> so I'm a hot little potato right now. Holy shit, was that an inverted camp in 80 with a melon grab? That bitch is crazy. Wow. Okay. Welcome. Welcome to the bomb hole. We got my co-host, E Stone, Stony Buds. What's up, everybody? That's what's up. And we got a very inspiring human. We got Nils Mindick, special guest today. How we doing, Nils? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. Now, I've been wanting to clear up. Is it pronounced Mindick? Is it is it pronounced Mud Dick? Um, it's typically mud rich, but you can go with men dick if you want. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I've been wanting to, uh, I kind of want to run it back and, and get into where you grew up in, yeah. in Vermont and stuff. Cause yeah. I remember seeing you as like a little Burton air baby, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you put it best, I was lip sliding the umbilical cord on the way out. So exactly. Things got going pretty exactly. Early. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that. Um, yeah, I got into it. Really early on, I was looking back at some photos and I found um, one of me when I was hiking the US Open Pipe in like 2003. I think I might have been seven. I think I started riding when I was five and I was competing by six and like doing junior jams. And what age were you when you got on Burton? Um, like signed? Yeah. I think 11. Ele- and how did that happen? Um, my dad was college roommates with JG. Who's okay, board yep. designer there. Yep. And then, so JG, just even when we started snowboarding, uh, Hans and I started giving us snowboards just to try out like random choppers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just for fun, like any kid sport, we start doing contests and we're like the local kids and would win all the contests and then we're able to like do good at nationals and stuff like that. And, and that was um, Stowe, Vermont, right? That was back in Stowe. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were even right away like, traveling you know out west to go to nationals mm-hmm. and stuff like that your dad was super supportive of you guys right that's what i remember hearing yeah. from you and your brother yeah both our parents were extremely supportive i mean you know they're on board with hans and i moving out at a super early age i moved i moved out west when i was 14 um Jeez. crazy yeah i yeah. wasn't even allowed out of the that's, house past yeah. eight o'clock when 14 I was, <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> like yeah riding a bmx bike yeah and no it's i it's um because i just graduated school uh, this past December, and it's been like a very a lot of like nostalgic experiences looking back on 
you know, my life so far. We, we're going to get into it, but I feel like if there's anybody in snowboarding that's up for like a lifetime achievement award at age 25, yeah, 25. it's Nils Mud Dick, dude. This guy has done a lot of stuff, I'm telling you. But um, so also, if I remember correctly, you, you wrote for the Bull too, Red Bull, right? Red Bull, yeah. Red Bull, I remember Red Bull Burton. Red Bull and Burton, yeah. Yep. And with Burton, you're kind of... Uh, I was in the mix with like Anon and, and Red yep. at the time. At as age well. eight. Um, <laughs> no, I was Back like, five seatbelt, three years old. <laughs> I did hear no. that your dad was putting you on the chairlift alone at like super young ages, I think, from your, yeah. from your brother, right? They yeah, just no, put that, you on there and let you go. And Yeah, well, I mean, at the, at the time, our mom worked at the ski resort. She was in the gift shop. So Hans and I, and sometimes just resort one of babies. us. Yeah, we'd just be resort babies and like, Stowe is our daycare, you know? Like, I remember having to jump up to get onto the chairlift. Yeah. Because I was so... And that's a good mountain. That's actually my one of my home mountains growing up. I know it's a legit mountain in Vermont. Yeah. Dude, so it's, it's so fun. Little fun fact, uh, Stony Buds is the VT low. That's, that's why I kind of took a liking to Nils <laughs> when I met him. It seems like 20 years ago, but he's only 25. So yeah. Maybe it was like 15 years ago. Were you, you were back there. 15. You, I never knew him You were Vermont. back there in like 1856? Yeah, it was like 1856. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. I graduated high school in uh, 1912. <laughs> <laughs> Great Depression was a good yeah, time yeah, for the back lip. Good yeah. So, were you winning, con- like, did you win any major contests when you are on the bull and when you are Um, Burton? not really. I never really won anything. How my, like, early, my first wave of contests worked out from, I'd say, 9 to about 17. Um, or actually, no, it was 7 to 17 I competed. And I did, like, 9 U.S. Opens over that period. Um, I got third at the Junior Jam once. That's, and third that's at hey, that's once. heavy. That's yeah, heavy. and that was, like... Those, I think, were my best results yeah. from them. And then other than that, because when I was 12, I started doing, like, do tours and stuff. And, you know, at the time, like, my goal was just to make it out of qualifiers, right? And I wasn't, if I'm, I never even, I don't think I ever made it to finals in, like, a major pipe contest. What I was wondering, too, is if I remember correctly, you did you get, you got dropped by both of them at the same time, right? Yeah. What age was that? That was at 17. At e- so was that a tough blow when you're, like, at age 17, losing your major sponsors? Yeah, totally. Because, um, I mean, on my end, and everyone's situation's totally different. Um, my sponsors, like, fully funded the whole process. Like, it was essentially, like, from about 12 until now I was like self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So when I say, you know, when I say things like, Oh, I moved out West when I was 14, my parents were really supportive. Like they were on board just to like, let Hans and I go, but they weren't kicking down the money. They, they were, weren't, you know, they weren't like foot in the they bill. They were like, have fun. Let's yeah. Do this. And they're just like, seems pretty cool. Like you guys should try, see this through. Um, so yeah, for me, I had like, um, like I used a, a college fund that was set aside to finish off high school. And like, mm-hmm. it was just interesting. Like all of a sudden, you know, when you're like 17 and being very, you know, already concerned with money, but like feeling extremely responsible for how you make your income and, yeah. and how you want to keep snowboarding. Yeah. Which looking back at it and like, damn, 17, that's kind of young to be like stressing about that stuff. Yeah. But would you say on on the board when you lost, did, did it affect your confidence at all when like kind of having all those? those... Um, that's a good question. I don't know if it, it didn't like affect confidence. It definitely made me like a bit bitter 
um, and like a little crustier and like it took me out of being extremely complacent, which yep. I think is what had happened. Yep. You know, like you had, and that's. And you're like already I'm, living in Park City, right? Yeah. So I was in Park City going to a school that like operated through the off season. And then, um, yeah, it was just. I, yeah. I think sometimes when people lose, like lose a sponsor or something big, big shakeup happens, sometimes like you need to fall on your face in order to like. Be like, all right, I gotta, I gotta step my game up. I gotta elevate totally. my game. And sometimes yeah. you get comfortable, and and sometimes those are the best things that happen to you when you when you mm-hmm. lose a sponsor, other life bombs that happen. Oh, hundred percent. Like, it was, and looking back at it, it you know, there's like a few things that helped everything line up, like with snowboarder doing the launch and web edits were had become like a lot more popular, and like all of a sudden it transitioned that I didn't need all the money and like the, the political effort to like get me into these high level contests anymore. I could just go ride with everyone at park city and just ride a bunch. And it was over those like two years that I think I got so much better snowboarding Mm -hmm. and just a lot better at like finding the route that I think made more sense for me. Yeah. hundred percent. I, uh, I, that was kind of around the time when you were starting to link up with lick the cat, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so it was right around, like, the Lick the Cat period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys as, like, Weaver changed that tape, and and, yeah. and you guys were the next wave. And I remember, like, you, these guys are good. And I specifically remember um, watching one of the Super Park edits of you and your brother. And, like, at the time, nobody was doing backside five seat belts and stuff like that. I don't remember all the particular grabs, but it was, like, a lot of back 10 mutes, and you guys were doing, like, sick lower rotation spins yeah. And we and we were tripping on that. I remember Hava was the Solomon team manager and he's like, What do you think about the Mindick brothers? What do you think about the Mud Dicks? Actually, what he asked. <laughs> excuse, I said, excuse me, sorry, I'm sorry about that pronunciation. <laughs> but uh we were like, Let's let's get these guys on Solomon. And so that how yeah. was that like transition with that stuff? Um it was it all happened um pretty quickly. Like looking back on it, I'm I'm almost like surprised how quickly I like bounced back from getting dropped by all my sponsors and then kind of just tried to do and ride as much as I could for the next year or so until I like got a new round of sponsors. And those are still the sponsors I have now, which has been I like a kind of a while now. Like, yeah. I think I've some people solid. never recover from riding from Burton and losing that sponsor. So it's yeah. Yeah. I think once you're like the Burton curse, they the call Burton it. curse. Yeah. Like if once called. you're like off, were you guys, were you beat, nervous about that? Um, I was definitely aware of it and I was definitely, you were aware concerned for sure. Cause I mean, at that time too, it's like, I don't know. I don't, you're 17 years old. You're just like 17 year old riders that you had known your whole life. Like everyone's kind of like coming and going and it's like a total flux of snowboarders. Like people are starting to come up when they're 17 or later. And then like, friends you'd competed with forever, just sort of like falling off the radar. And I wasn't really sure what was going to happen with me. Were you already with Solomon when I would see you at Super Park in the launch? Um, The first... Which came first for you, the launch or Super Park? Uh, the launch. I think I did the launch for three, the big bear. three years. Um, I did two at Keystone. Oh, the first Keystone. one might have been, two, what was it, 2011 maybe? Which Wasn't there one where you were throwing that bloody Dracula down? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that you? Maybe it was your brother. I don't know. I get yeah. you guys mixed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that was big. But bear. I remember seeing you guys come out, and when the Lick the Cat crew was all posted, screaming, Lick the Cat, Lick the Cat. Yeah. 
and just hyping up the whole crew. And it was what tax wood. And you guys were going dumb. I mean, it was the whole, yeah. the so whole crew. They were just <laughs> one after another. And you got a cover from that session. Totally. Yeah. Big that Bear. was, like, that was Huggy uh, shot it. I didn't shoot that one. Was that your first cover? That was my first cover. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's How old are you at that time? I don't know. Like 18. Were, were you going to school yet? Um, I had just, I had just graduated high school that fall. So it was the next, was it the next? So it was the following fall. So that was like spring 2013. Okay. And then I moved back to Vermont for the summer. Yep. And then moved to Salt Lake fall 2013 and started going to college then. Yeah. Okay. So funny story. When, whenever that cut, when that cover came out, uh, an ex girlfriend of mine was in school and she was like, I I'm going to school with this, this guy Nils. Yeah. That was my um, first semester. I does he, <laughs> does he snowboard? And I was like, Nils mud dick. For, and, uh, <laughs> she's like, I don't know his last name. I was like, well, this guy's Nils. And I showed her the cover of the mag. And she's like, that I'm like, there's not that many Nilses. Was and that it, the super part cover or the launch cover? This cover? It was the launch cover. And then oh, this it was one, I guess launch. we'll get into this one a little bit later. Yep. So it was different than this it one. Was, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that, but I just remember thinking that was so cool. Like, yeah, there's like a snowboarder in my class. Like, yeah, there's a motherfucker on the cover right here. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, insane. Yeah. That just, I thought that was cool. And yeah. around the same time, is it true you were in a Disney movie? Oh. <laughs> around when you were 17, <laughs> right? <laughs> What are we talking? Let's yeah, talk Disney. Dude. Let's talk Cloud Nine, man. Is that what it's called? Cloud Nine. Uh-huh. I um so yeah, funny enough, just through like a friend of a friend, um, Disney was making a like a kids movie, obviously, at Brighton. Um, the same winter that I ended up getting my first cover. So it was winter twenty thirteen. And I had just like lost all my sponsors, didn't really have any cash. I was sleeping on like Griffin Siebert's couch in Salt Lake. I didn't have, like, a car. I, I owned, like, three T-shirts. I just got rid of, like, everything. I was trying to reduce all my overhead, <laughs> like, full minimalist projects. And ended up getting, like, a stunt doubling gig for Disney, which gave me, like, enough. What are we talking? How yeah, much bread? Talking? How Let's much bread are we talking? Let's, uh, Let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> how much money are we talking? Let's get the I'm facts. I'm trying to think. It was probably, like, um, 10 grand through the winter or Ooh, something. Fired. Wow. Yeah. Totally. Ten stacks. Yeah. What did you have to do? You hit him with like a 50-50 boot grab? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. I'd, so I ended up stunt doubling for um, three different characters. Two of them were chicks. Okay. And wigs? Are we talking wigs? Wigs. Air, air wiggly? <laughs> yeah. Going on? Wigs, dude. Andreas wig. Andreas wig. Like, they had like ponytails attached to the back of my wow. helmet. And like, for some reason, they were so clueless about tricks. that The Cloud Nine is a trick. And it's a cloud it's, nine's a trick. Cloud uh, Nueve. Wow. And it's technically okay, now we're talking. <laughs> they're like they read us the script one day and they're like, okay, so the cloud nine is a triple cork fourteen forty in the half pipe. And it's they like, were way ahead of their time. And yeah, it was way ahead of its time. And, and they're like, so do, which one of you guys do you know which one you would like to do that? <laughs> oh, and we're like, no, like no one does that trick. I'm like, well, like Sean White can do it, right? And like, no, like no one. Can do that trick in the half Cut to like, 2020. Bitch, <laughs> bitch, that's an NBD. Okay, that's an NBD. <laughs> like, like, yo, motherfucker, that thing doesn't exist yet. <laughs> You're like, all right, on the set. Like, I guess I'm gonna try the first triple cork ever, <laughs> ever. But Stomped. so, so that was like a quick reference of how yep. clueless they were Copy. with snowboarding. Yep. And then, but they were extremely insistent on the stances of the riders, and like two of the characters that I stunt doubled for the most were regular. 
Oh, okay. Wow. And that, I rode okay. Switch. I see what's going on. And here. I like yep. spent like a majority of a winter stunt doubling like pipe riding Switch. Wow, that's where the Cab Nines kind of came in. It's kind of yeah. I think that's where like some Switch Foundation sort okay. of got like Copy. set in stone. Yep. Yeah, makes <laughs> sense. Insider <laughs> crazy. <laughs> They needed somebody that wasn't sponsored, so that kind of worked out perfectly for you. Totally. Yeah, that yeah. was, like, perfect. Yeah, Came like, along, ah, whatever. 10K in the pocket, ponytail yeah. at the back. Yeah, and I'll still, dude, even to this day, I'll still get, like... People recognize you. No, like, oh. $20 residuals. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice. Ball it's out with a $20 yeah, check. Yeah, like, some, like, I'll see, yeah, like, $8, I think was one of them or something. I'm like, that's kind of... <laughs> so, have you have you done the Cloud9 currently yet no i'm still kind of thinking still about thinking it about i might be maybe mid uh free ride world tour you just yeah, hit maybe. him with a cloud nine halfway down yeah, on the maybe cliff. I go cloud nine <laughs> <and run>. <laughs> <laughs> gotta hit him with the cloud nine yeah so um one other thing i kind of wanted to wanted to transition into which i thought was kind of interesting is like so you you're like the constant like reinventing yourself it's like you, you started as like air baby burton and then you go Cloud nine. And then, <laughs> and then you kind of like contest kid. Then you transition into like video part guy. Right. And yeah. And yeah, I always thought that was cool. That was a nice little seamless transition with the snowboarder movie and, mm-hmm. and all those vids. Yeah, dude, totally. Um, it was really looking back on it. It's, it's crazy how like seamless the transition occurred and, and just luckily like the opportunities I had from snowboarder at the time to just kind of make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, really helped that happen. Like, yeah, I guess looking back on it, I had mostly been focusing on half pipe riding and I wasn't really even like a park guy, like trained jumps, you know, outside of the half pipe and then launch and stuff and super parks. I'd started, I had been riding like more jumps and learned like a majority of my like jump tricks over the course of like a season or two, like everything over like a seven. When you guys were only just riding, you were dominating your crew at the launch, like I remember seeing you guys come through, and it was like, "This is what's up." These, it was yeah. I we mean, just kinda, we had some we had some like things. There's a reason out. why snowboarder was backing you heavy. You know, yeah, like, you guys were doing this. Yeah, we. Were, I don't know. It was it's funny looking back on it, and and then I had never really because you're always snowboarding. It's so easy for people to put you in like a, a category. Yes, yes, right. Compartmentalize you, and somehow I was just like I was prodigy kid, and then you know, then I'm like. Mediocre pipe kid. Mediocre pipe kid. <laughs> right? Because I was just still, like, so yeah. young trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do everything. And then, um, you know, and then it was like, oh, he's like a he's like a park shoot, like, park rider kid. Yeah. And then with Snowboarder came out, and I was able to finally get out sledding and, and ride backcountry stuff. And I was like, oh, he's like a freestyle backcountry guy. Yes, you know? <laughs> I remember seeing you guys doing like the front seven bloody Dracula on like a cheese wedge and stuff. Yeah. And like the front, was it a front 10 mute and front seven mute with the, the slob poke yeah. and stuff? I yeah, Hans was doing those. You guys and were, then, I was, yeah, I was yeah. doing like bloody Draculas on, yep. on jumps and stuff. And um, funny, I've kind of another funny story. It was the first, um, so we were filming forward and I think it was, mid January. It was like later January. It was later in the year and I, I like hadn't filmed anything yet. And um I spent all the money I had saved up on like a twenty eight hundred dollar snowmobile. Sick. So I like bank account was zeroed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> balling. And then balling. And then um drove up to Jackson and got into Jackson at like three AM 
and then went uh, out sledding with the guys the next day. Sled broke down because it's a $2,000 snowmobile. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then Hans doubled me out, and we ended up building the jump that, like, all of us got our enders on. Was this forward? This was forward, forward. yeah. Trent, and, was Trent out there? Yeah, it was Trent. He was, was building big jumps and just like making sure it was legit. The boys were yeah. working hard. Yeah. 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 I yeah, heard we he put us kind of like, you guys were grinding it out. Yeah, and that was kind of my, like, experience with with filming for the first, like, few years was kind of just, like, getting out with some pretty, like, established established guys that just really, like, was like, this is how you do it. These, yeah. like, this is what the jumps look like, you know? Do it legit, yeah. <laughs> you work it, like. Build into the night. Like, I heard you guys were, like, building, like, as it was getting dark and then oh, yeah, hitting dude. it the next day. Dude, we were, like, building, yeah, it'd be, like, dark out, and, again, we all have, like, shitty snowmobiles, so we're Trent's just, like, Trent's kind of no joke, too. He's, like, let's, dude, he's let's really, get this done. <laughs> he's, like, super militant yeah. when you're out there. So being, I don't, I don't know, I feel like I was able to ad- adapt to it and just kind of, like, worked with how intimidating that was and. And luckily, I, I feel like I rode good enough that you got your ender. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. And then around that time, you're also starting to go to school in the off season, correct? Yep. So right before forward, I started going to school for engineering. Yep. And that's like where the cover story came from. So I started going to school and then f- filmed my first like video, and then that was just so like the what pattern. I was. What was the what was the motivation behind enrolling in school when you're like a pro snowboarder you're you're still just like i need to pursue a higher education what's the motivation um getting dropped by all your sponsors when you're 17 yeah right <laughs> plan b <laughs> had a, so it was a plan b motivation yeah it's definitely like a hundred percent it was kind of one of these you're fired <laughs> yeah, so you kind of had to you kind of had to figure it out <laughs> i was like well i guess if you can like cut a 17 year old kid at any time like all of this can kind of just like this feels like a little bit of a house of cards that can maybe just like end really quickly. And especially when you're like, you're coming up, yeah, you know, and you don't have like, you have like one, maybe two bad seasons and then you're just sort of like not a, a name or anything yet. Um, and yeah, that was kind of the full motivation behind it was, and I had also spent a, like all the money I had been making snowboarding when I was younger, all of that went to this like private school so it's not like I had like yeah. saved up money and like secretly started like a Roth IRA yeah. when I was fifteen or something. You know, yeah. so like I wasn't. Yeah, it, it, there was nothing left. At, at this all school, gone to school, is it true you guys were kind of left to your own devices as well? You were kind of like just put up in a crib. That was, um, so that was separate from the school. There was, oh, like, was a set there different was, school. There okay. was like two things that happened. Hans and I moved out to Park City to go to a snowboard academy, and that was a pretty loose program. And then through the Snowboard Academy, they ended up needing help to get, like, the kids educated. And they started working with uh, the Winter Sports School in Park City, which is how I got introduced to the Winter Sports School. It's how I met Griffin Siebert. And then that's um, the school that I finished going to. So I went to the Snowboard Academy for about a year, then finished high school through through the Snowboard, uh, the Winter Sports School. Winter sports school. Yeah. What, what I was wondering is having like so much independence at such a young age, like you're, you're forced to figure out stuff on your own. Like nobody, I have this theory, I call it the treehouse effect. Like when I drive by somebody's like a kid's house and you see like a nice baller treehouse in the backyard, right? You're like the, the kid's dad built that treehouse for him. That kid, the kid doesn't know how to build huh. a treehouse. Yeah. But me growing up, I remember we had all this wood in the woods. It was all rotted and, and it was like <laughs> shitty and we'd step on nails and we would like, 
45 degree angle, fucking hammer that thing to a tree. <laughs> and, and it might not have been straight. You wouldn't want to put a level on that bitch, but we learned how to build a tree house. Yeah. We did it on our own because we were totally. forced to. Yeah. And so I think a lot of kids that are, are still with their parents are, they have to cook on their own. You're forced to do everything on your own. Totally. Right? Yeah. And I like, I mean, even in general, I, our parents always kind of like raised us in a pretty like being it like be self-sufficient sort mm-hmm. of mind frame. Um, so I like it kind of, you know, like I started doing my own laundry when I was 10. Yeah. Like, like those are just sort of like Ten. the habits. 10. 10. Yeah. Just Shit, like, I still don't even get around <laughs> to doing that right now. You know, it's like all these like random, like little like habits. But who does like your they, laundry? I still, I do my laundry. <laughs> so my, my wife one time ruined one of my shirts. This is, oh, you guys this is the classic married. story. Okay, I've heard okay, this. You guys okay. get married. <laughs> Don't ever complain about a t-shirt yep. getting ruined. Because after she ruined my shirt, I gave her some shit. She never You're did my laundry Classic again. on yeah. your own. Fine. Yeah. I'm not going to do your laundry You're going to do your own laundry. And now it's been 14, 13 years. Yeah. That's yeah. a tale as old as time. There, yeah. I've heard that one a few times. I had, Yeah, I was dating a girl, living with a girl at a time and we had kind of had that situation break out that I like, I put some of her clothes in the dryer that should have been like hang dry her clothes. Ooh, reverse. Yeah. Reverse. And then, so what I did, I was like, okay, we have like the only way this is going to work. Cause unless it's just going to be chaos trying to separate all of our stuff, there's just going to be the hang dry laundry bin and there's going to be the dryer dry laundry bin and like Dude, this guy he, he's all organized <laughs> this is how he, this is like it's, that's what i love it's like, you got you got your brother Hans, who's like loose operator absolutely kills it in his own right total and then, opposite and then you have like engineer minded <laughs> yeah. okay we need we're gonna like we're gonna have our perfectly if i told my chick we were separating bins she would cancel yeah. laundry man again. i feel bad my this, i got so many skid marks it's unbelievable yeah. i'm like i, I need to switch to earth tones i need like an earth tone brown <laughs> i don't know full black yeah I'm black, black. Exactly. Yeah, even dude. black though oh jesus it doesn't <laughs> Doesn't even help. Speaking yeah. of your brother, do you think having a brother that was so into snowboarding really pushed your snowboarding? Were you guys pretty competitive? Yeah, hun- yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I feel like we were so because you compete at like different age groups, so we were never part of the same age group. Two years apart, right? Yeah, and then um, I feel like when I was like sixteen or something, we just—I mean, we ro- we had always ridden with each other a lot, but then it was sort of cool to see like how easy it was for us to like have a session and on like the Breck park jump line, you know, cause we'd spent two winters in Breckenridge and that's just all we did was we just rode pipe road jumps and it was just him and I, and that's when we started messing around. Cause you know, it's like your 30th day in a row riding and you're riding the same jumps. It's like, well, I don't want to like, I don't want to try a 900 today. <laughs> like, well, so what's like a, back three seat belt work you know like how's that work like let's just start that's how you guys got to know those sick grabs that yeah we totally see you doing. would like, you see him learn a new trick and then you want to get that same trick are you competitive like that or you just both kind of have your own flow um we kind of both have our own flow like I, I think one of the more like i think one of the first kind of stylier stylier tricks he started doing i've still never done and that's you know like the textbook like mueller back seven japan oh yeah like hans has got that. a that's really a good one yeah of those yeah and i've still never done that trick yeah i see he does and like i don't know why have that one he's a back rodeo guy like his back flips are kind of like back rodeo style. yeah he's got and back I, rodeos i don't see you do quite as many you you do those right have you done those? Uh, i've done the past few years i kind of started doing yeah. some like rodeo sevens mm-hmm. um and like mctwist but 
I actually, I was terrified of like backflips and back yeah. rodeos yeah. until probably until like four years ago. Like I'd never really done a backflip until mm-hmm. I think five, it was about five years ago. That is crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. So I like, I learned like cab double 10 before I did a backflip. That's insane. Because I was just afraid You'd of You'd rather do a cab double 10 than a backflip. Yeah, you, you, you can kind of see what about a way. What about a switch, <laughs> switch McTwist? Uh, I've never tried one, but what? I want to, uh, it sounds like a sweet hey. one to try. What about you, Stony Buzz? I used to have switch yeah, McTwist in the what pipe. I, that's <laughs> Dallas Buzz's move. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it was a mini it was pipe. Legend. It might have been like a seven, eight foot pipe back in my day. I want to. We got to. You got to fire that thing back up. It's still in there, bro. It's, it's, it's still in there. In there. It's like it muscle I think memory. You, yeah, you got that thing, dude. You got that thing, no problem. <laughs> Let's yeah. go up to the foam pit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah let her rip. <laughs> but and then so like I was kind of just thinking about like just coming in my head now how you've done like a ton of contests and then. Like, at, around this time, like, I remember you won some big air. Like, what was it? The hella big air? Was that a bend or something? Yeah. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> what was that? What that, was the deal with that? That was, um, so that was in 2016. I think okay. that was my third winter filming. And um, I'd actually been hanging out with Josh Dirksen and Bend. Like, supporting. Yeah, like. Major <laughs> shout out to Josh Dirksen. <laughs> Continue. And. <laughs> You may continue. Um, and we were on a pretty casual program. Like, I was just there to ride with Josh, split board with him a little bit. Spent, like, two weeks at his house um, with his family. And just, like, um, there, coincidentally enough, was this big air contest. And the prize was, like, ten grand for first. Ten stacks. Ten, ten stacks. Another wow. ten stacks. Another ten stacks. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, yeah, like, let's do this. <laughs> and no one really showed up, and I um method was method the move. <laughs> no, no, I did. You did a cab ten double or something. No, right? I, I um or so cab I, nine. I did a cab. So I ended up doing a cab nine. It was like a combined score thing. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing a cab nine, and then went hail mary cab twelve. First try, landed it, stomped it. Never done one since. Ice <laughs> water <laughs> vein. <laughs> this guy's clutch. So and then also, uh, Merrill quarter pipe. And then did you were you are you a world quarter pipe champion or no, Merrill quarter pipe Merrill quarter pipe Merrill quarter pipe Okay and I feel like yeah I won so that was the next year when I had like that's like the best season I've had in snowboarding so far is cuz I filmed for Pepper That was a fun year bro Yeah let's and let's that, talk about that year Yeah that well was a I good think year. dude I had like a Is this the year after forward Pepper this was no two years four, after. Two it was years. like four years after. Four, four years. years. What the hell? Because there was, Time flies. I did, was a big ass window there. I thought it was a year <laughs> after. What happened? A little wormhole, man. No, okay. what was it? I did um did forward and then like uh, the cat in the pre- in between maybe. No, that was so, after. That was so after. there was like the first like the cat movie, which is when Hans and I and everyone was like going buck wild at, at the, the launch. launch and got like that first cover, and then. The so there's like the cat, then there was forward, and then there was the SFD. SFD, uh, yeah, you and your brother, yeah, we we're in that. Yep. And then the next year, I kind of rode with Transworld guys and sort of did. That my was own the Dirksen year with that the big the Dirksen year with the big air. Yep. And then it was Pepper, and then um, and then it was the Lick the Cat movie again. All right, Pepper, yeah. your part in that is gas. Yeah. Dude. Thanks. That, that was like that's like my favorite part of yours. I think. Sure. That's yeah. That's like that's, best part I got, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best. That that part's awesome. Um, thank you. I'm stoked. Uh, yeah, that was like we had a Sage, Mikey, and I. Um, we're all we kind of like had our like own little thing going on all winter, and shout out Mikey Rands for just sort of like hosting us all. The winter. big wig. The big. Wig. <laughs> 
That's my dog. And um, he kind of just put up with like Sage and I and our total Whistler Greenhorn bullshit for an entire season. You guys season. are just burying your snowmobiles <laughs> everywhere you go, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And just like so clueless. Like I, feel, I tried to be as like non-intrusive as possible because yeah. I had no clue what was going mm. on up there. But yeah. I'm just like staying at his house and just sort of like following his lead every day, you know, which yeah. which I'm so grateful for because especially in hindsight, looking back on it, being the guy that's just always calling the shots and mm-hmm. like you are the leader yeah, is not Stressful. an easy position yeah. to be in, you know, and you feel extremely responsible for anything yeah. that does or doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So again, shout out to Mikey for, for and then Sa- you were with Sage all winter and he was kind of like, was it two years after the Olympics? Kind of like just getting his feet wet in the backcountry. <sighs> yeah. I think that was his first, like, he had been, he, I mean, he's always done like a little bit of backcountry, but I think that was his first like commit to it, do the backcountry thing season. Um, and that was like really cool to see as well. Cause I mean, at the time, and I actually haven't ridden with him too much since then in the backcountry, but like obviously with Joy coming out, it's just like, he's been going beast mode. He's just like attacks. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. I remember that you had like, some heavy, like you, you had the um, big old cab nine on the road gap in Pepper. Yeah. You had the front, the front seven, uh, you had a that was that uh, no cab seven that ender on the big old pillow the pillow yeah. tranny finder Dude, that tranny finder pillow yeah. session it was, was crazy so, that what was what did like, you do on that I can't remember I did so um I just in general that like zone we were in was pretty playful and fun and pillows yeah. and like it was just sort of a whatever day like it's storming pretty hard in the in the shots and I had found that thing and it just sort of looked like it lined up and the snow was soft so I was like well I'll just like build a lip. And, like, get this all dialed in while those guys are doing something else. And then they, it was, like, the end of the day. And I was, like, hey, Leland, like, can you shoot this jump? Like, I think it'll, I think, I think it'll work. <laughs> and then did, um, did front seven, first try, cab seven, like, tuck knee. That's what it was. That first try. Banger. And then did the front nine, bloody Dracula, yes. first try. And, and it was just, like, insane. two, like, in, like, 30 minutes, I got, like, three of the best shots I've ever had. Also. And then I was, like. Hail Mary, like, try to switch method, fell, and called it. <laughs> Bro, that thing is flat. Like, Oh, it's like, so flat. You have to, I like, don't know, like. and Like, for me, you should just send a civilian off of that thing to see, like, because, <laughs> like, like I, my legs, I would have, like, kneed myself in the face. Like, you got the, like, climber guy, like, athletic yeah, I don't stance. Know, land, it, like, I don't know how the hell you landed on that thing. It's, like, no landing. Yeah, there really isn't much of, like, a landing <laughs> at all. I don't know how I landed either. That's probably, like, I call that, I like to call that the snowball of confidence. Like, when yeah. you start landing a couple tricks, and all of a sudden, you start doing almost, like, superhuman stuff because you're just rolling, like. Oh, totally. And, and you catch those, yeah. and it seems like you're on a wave like that at that point. Hands right? down. And, like, even that, like, jump session, you know, that was, like, total, like, snowball of confidence. Mm-hmm. And then that filming that winter was the most like confident you I'd guys get been. clip like, high and you can just land everything i see that as are, a photographer just watching you guys yeah are you familiar kinda, with clip high no but oh, I you're not I, I think i understand it now that you it's i, 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 I get clip high off of you guys <laughs> i get sometimes. i get secondary clip high <laughs> yeah. on other people in the crew yeah. getting clips especially you know especially more now than i used to something amazing happens like i get butterflies i feel like yeah, yeah. i'm just, part of just, it and this is insane just and, to yeah. explain clip high to um the general public basically it's like when you're filming and you get a clip you're excited about, you get this high, right? Or you land a trick, whether you film it or not, but especially when you're working hard for a video part and you get a clip for your part that you're hyped on, you get this high. And we have a joke amongst like, you know, Bodie and Scotty Stevens and my friends that like somebody will come over and they'll just be on cloud nine in the winter and be like, 
Is this, is this guy on a clip high? What are you getting a clip today? What's going on with this guy? And you see yeah, Bodie you or somebody. They're totally Bodie's like just, just like grinning. euphoria. You're like, what's up grin. with this guy? He must have got a clip today. Bodie's singing and yeah, just whistling like the house. A, and <laughs> totally. So that's a clip high. Okay. Like, yeah. And I, dude, I had just kind of been on like, again, I felt like I hadn't filmed like a video part I was proud of. That was like the fourth winter filming. And, you know, when I did forward, I shared a part with Sam Taxwood and like, when I did SFD, Hans and I shared a part. And then the next winter, I really didn't... I had an online part come out, but it wasn't, like, my own part in a movie. Light him up. Crushing can. That's a <laughs> bubbly water. Um, so, for me, it was still, like, even going back to when I had gotten, like, dropped by Burton or something, it was just this sort of, like, something I would set out that I wanted to do that, like, maybe there's a little bit of ego involved, but for the most part, it was just, like... I just wanted to film my own video. You part. went out that year yeah. and you were like, I was like, I want to have, like, I want to like all my yep. focus is going to be on one project and I want to have like a four minute video part. That's just like, bang. It was video part. I you love, I, like, love I don't want any bullshit in there. <laughs> so I love, I love hearing that. Like sometimes people think it's like this organic thing, but like in the same for me, all the years I've had good years, I've gone into it and said, I'm going to film a banger part or whatever. And that's, totally. that's exactly sounds like yeah. what you're saying to yourself. And I like, right? I mean, I even, I kept like a journal of all of like the shots and like, that's the way to do it. huh? Yeah. Like fully like had kept track of everything. So then that way I kind of know like, ah, uh, dang, like I'd need to do like a switchback five on this jump. Cause I have like, uh, it, like you already know I can all do the like other moves. Four, you yeah. Have it's like, I have, it was like, apart. okay, well like you can kind of sort of like be methodical with, with the tricks you're doing. Cause then all of a sudden, if you don't think, maybe if you don't think about it, you end your season, you have like five back sevens and they could all be first try, but maybe it would have been a better move to have like a front nine second try, mm-hmm. you know? hundred percent. Well, I, I, I almost view it as like, um, an artist painting a picture. Like mm-hmm. it's like each trick comp, you have to put thought into it. Each trick complements. It. It's like, if you have a front nine on a cheese wedge, maybe a natty back one will complement that yeah. instead of like all wedges or all rails or all this. Yeah, totally. And what What I was actually wondering about you is, Everybody operates differently, but do you have a premeditated trick list or, or do you go into it like I, I have, I'm executing these tricks or is it kind of? No, it's all spot dependent. Okay. Like every, like every trick I do, it'll be, I mean, I guess luckily for me, something that I tried to focus on really early on is just having like all four ones through sevens just dialed. Engineer. Engineered, yeah. And then that was, like, fully with the intention for getting into filming, where it's, like, mm-hmm. the amount of times I've been able to pull out, like, a switchback three, you yeah. know? And then that's, like, a sweet clip Yeah, is awesome. Well, <laughs> so, you know, instead of having to do a front three again or something. 100%. And a lot of times you see kids, and even myself, sometimes people are not as good at the fundamentals. And, you know, in, in order to do a front ten double you have to have a really good front three and then a really good front seven mm-hmm. and then a really good front 10. Cause it mm-hmm. all is how you initiate and pop. Yeah. So it's almost totally. like people like yourself that have like, you know, even going back, circling back around to pepper year, you won the Baker bank slalom, like the same yeah. year that, and what is that? That's turning. That's the most fundamental thing there is. Totally. You know? And so can, like the way that comes in, in your video part with the, like first place Nils Mendick and the uh-huh. song fades in. It's like yeah. a heart melter. And Dude. how was that feeling? And how was that whole experience? Baker or when the part ba- came out? Uh, Baker. Baker was, I was just kind of in a daze in all honesty. Like at the time I had, I had bank slaloms on such a pedestal in my mind. And I was just like, yeah, ironically enough. Was that your first bank slalom? No, I had done a, uh, that was my third. Derbies. Third, done the third derbies. 
Yeah, so I'd but done derbies. I meant Baker bank song, your first Baker. Yeah, so um, that FT. was... FT, FT. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. No, I miscommunicated that. Okay. So that was my third... I think it was my third Baker. Copy. Oh, third um, Baker. Okay, sorry. And I, the first year I did it, I had just won, like, normal qualifiers, or I had won, like, the non-pro division at the Derby. Um, and then I didn't even make it to finals at Baker. So I was, like, pretty humbled the first year. And then the second year I got top 10, which is kind of significant at Baker because they call up the top 10. You get, like, a freaking sweet penalty blanket. Deal. Yeah, it's, it's like, a big deal. It's yeah. kind of like an Especially honor. for those like Northwest an... dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not big thing. Let me tell you something. The street dogs, now, they don't really give a shit. Except for shout-out to my boy, Phil Jacques. He's on the oh, steel. Yeah. He's Dude. holding it down. Sorry to interrupt. I, yeah. Continue. Shout Continue. out to Phil. I got Continue. I love that guy. Yeah. Did I hear uh, maybe your father watched as well when you won one of them? Yeah. So that's the... Big deal. Um, yeah. So it was the first year. I mean, my dad hadn't really seen me compete or anything, you know, since I was practically like a fetus doing junior jams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one year that he comes out to Baker, I ended up... I won it. And, and then I won the switch race as well. In the same race. That was one race. That was, yeah, that was, like, the same year. Wow. Uh-huh. It was, yeah. That's heavy. And then that was while I was also filming for Pepper and having, like, the best film season. And then, you know, in, like, a five-day window, I have this personal, like, lifetime achievement that I thought would be, like, a, a distant dream. And all of a sudden there, Dude, people, there I was. People, are like, are, that that is, like, their life is complete yeah. if they win Baker. How old were you when you won? I was so Pepper, oh, I was thinking about this the other day. Pepper, um, 22. I think I was 22. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to look back at, right? Because I would have been 23 for like the cat, 24 last year. Yeah. Crazy. That's, so that's nuts. Dude, you just happened to bring pops out. 22, too, and, yeah. And, and, dude, I was so young. I think and, I still am young. But, but no, like, 22 normally, sounds even younger. I mean, look at people like Dirksen that have been doing, like, because normally, like, I got like you know turn guy. You don't normally like embrace the art of turning until you've like bodied yourself till you like <laughs> knees don't work. Like, like I, now I'm like I'm a power maybe, guy. Maybe I'll start. Like I I honestly don't like I'm not a I'm not a turn guy. But like usually it, guys in their early twenties are doing double corks and then you start turning when you're yeah when you're and so just somebody that age. Like I was listening to you talk about how you you used to snowboard and just focus on riding on just your edge. Like, oh yeah, and and like these, these crazy. This guy's fundamentals are insane. I, I go, I hit the rail, I side slip <laughs> ninety degrees, and then I go straight to the next rail. I'm actually trying to avoid turning at all yeah. costs. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's like the the. I'm just kidding. Turning. <laughs> that's like the the square. In yeah, me. I'm kind of realizing over the past few years. I've and that's like moving forward in the future. I kind of want to like loosen things up a little bit, and part of that is just this like. I've just had this laser focus for what feels like almost a decade now, yeah. and it's just in all in all aspects of my life. And I'm sure we'll get into this in a little yeah. bit. Um, but that was something that came out of it was like, oh, I want to have a, I want to have like perfect all three threes. You know, it's like I want to have a know what like a perfect heel side toe side turn feels like, and even now, like still, especially preseason, and if I'm free riding a Brighton or something. I'll do that. I'll go and take three runs, and each run I'll strictly, like, be on edge the whole time, and I won't side slip at all. And then, you know, you do that switch, and you do, like, two runs, and it's kind of dorky, but the same mentality of warming up at the gym, you know? Like, you kind of warm up, you're riding for the day, and you just... I'll tell you what, I wouldn't know anything <laughs> about that. I go straight into, like, 50-pound <laughs> kettlebell swings. I don't even warm up. 
I throw my back the, out. The engineer in you coming yeah. through. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Dude. You know what I think? That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, but it helps me. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I feel my board. I feel my feet. I feel all the like all my things. Like my muscles are kind of warmed up and like. This dude, he's honed in, honed bro. In. He <laughs> is honed at all times. What did you do in back it? in the day when you're like 17 and you're at the top of your first jump with Pat Bridges and he's like, Nils, drop in. <laughs> and you didn't get to get your warm up. It's a night sesh. Oh, You just man. let it fly and did this. That's, huh? I just stuck to the old faithfuls. Just stuck to like tricks I knew I had dialed then. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I was shitting my pants along the way. <laughs> yeah. I think every kid does when they get the tap that mm-hmm. it's finally time to drop in from Pat. But yeah, dude. You and your brother and your whole crew yeah. did this. That was cool. <laughs> okay, guys, I want to transition into a quick, fun little section we got. It's what called got? Name That Video Part. Oh, fuck, presented dude. by. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. I'm going so bad. <laughs> well, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. Um, Justin Meyer from Video Grass whipped this up. Oh, it's going to be a segment on the show. Um, so I need like a like a precursor announcement that my foundational knowledge of snowboard video parts is. Atrocious. Perfect. That's perfect. Okay, guys. Here we go. And uh, I'm going to take us away here. Okay. Nils, you ready for this one? Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. It's only, it's only like eight seconds, so just oh, you got to listen close. Show me how the guy go is this brian fox Boom. From, uh, what's the video Boom. enlighten wow, wow. <laughs> i want i want to congratulate you we are going to award you with nothing for that but congratulations you'll award me with nothing what. instead of criticism is what i got this, this next one i'll give you that cover blow up oh, well actually you know well is that unfair well the thing i i the, I had a situation. I was going to have the viewers or the listeners right. guess the next one. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, is, so I'm that, okay with that. That takes this, some pressure this, off me. Yeah, cool. th- this one. I think you bat a thousand on this. You guys can sort out the deal for the cover after this. It's, um, if you want it, I'll get let you go with it. Cause um, you, I don't, but you're a minimalist. I don't know. Maybe you don't want it. I take a photo myself. All right. <laughs> this guy <laughs> just got a brand new cover. Don't tell your brother. Your brother's been asking me oh, for shit. some blow ups. I'll, maybe I'll hook him up with the one. All right, don't tell, right. Don't, don't tell do, Hans. Don't tell oh, Hans. Don't tell Hans. Okay, is this, this is. Or, or we're gonna go. Um, <laughs> song number two. This is for the listeners. If you know what song this is, comment on the Instagram post, and uh, the first comment left with the correct answer, we'll figure out a little prize pack for you. Here we go. I've told you that I'm lightning's girl, but you keep hanging around. That is a. I don't think Nils would have got that's this That's a one. classic. No, I don't think so. No, not at all. I'm going to take us away. Thank you guys for participating in Name That Video Part, presented <laughs> by Videograss. Okay, um, let's get back into it. Let's get back into it here. Um, what I was kind of thinking about here was, you know, like we're talking about the amount of accolades and crazy stuff you've done and even in the off season, you know, like you've gotten really into climbing and really into like gym workouts and you ran a damn triathlon. Like where does the, where does the motivation for that, that off season, like, like, like that crazy drive come from to do that kind of stuff? I, I honestly have no idea actually. I, it's just like, 
I think I got something about, um, mm-hmm. like, a lot of that stuff. I think there's a lot of parallels you can see through all of it. It's, like, a really clear, like, success, no success. And I have this drive to, like, see how much of a human I can be. Like, level up, kind of. Like, a level up. Like, yep. a, like do I have what it takes mm-hmm. type of situation. And, you know, something like that triathlon, for example, is it's, like, if I did it, then like mission accomplished, you know? Um, and I think that's, I, I like being successful. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I feel like I maybe figured out like a pattern or something. And it's like a combination that I'm extremely, I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm like, I'm naturally talented, you know? Like, yeah. and that's just, I'm goddamn athlete. I, <laughs> like, an athlete. Like, I don't, I don't want to sound like, arrogant or obnoxious about yeah. it but like i know that that is just something that i've been blessed with i think yeah. it's fair to say you're naturally talented yeah and like, nobody's gonna argue that bro. and then like <laughs> I've, I've been like all for some reason all in the off season i always you know school's a perfect example that i'm like i'm a bright guy but i am nowhere near close the amount of like academic talent compared to my athletic talent yeah. you know so, so like snowboarding ac- comes easier than ways so like school for example i was kind of like middle bottom tier and I would bust my ass tooth and nail to get B's, you know, maybe some A's if I was lucky. And that kind of just gave me this like gung ho work ethic that when I applied it to things that I was good at athletically, I like saw like really quick success and that became, and that is just like super fulfilling for me. It's yeah. really fulfilling. All hundred percent, you know, hundred percent. And it's also the thing that's cool about your brain is it's, it's just like a bicep. In the same way, I feel like with you with school, yeah. you you even though it's harder, it might not it might not get roided out as quickly. <laughs> yeah. But you can totally. still you can still make progress and get smarter yeah. like you would your muscles. You know? Yeah, totally. And it helps and to you, enjoy what you're focused on, and which yeah, it sounds like 100%. you probably were. Yeah, and like yeah, the that triathlon for example, I guess I mean real quick like that. I'm almost just as proud of that as I am. Baker, and that was the same year. I was just like on one when I was yeah. twenty-two. So, so you give us just a quick cliff notes, like like is a condensed version um, of exactly what it was because it's psycho shit. Yeah, so it's not a registered event. It's just all the pieces are there to do it on your own. It's called the picnic, also known as the uh, the Teton Triathlon. And what you do is you bike from Jackson Hole to a lake at the base of the Grand Teton. You swim across the lake. And then you hike up slash climb the Grand Teton, hike back down, swim back across the lake, bike back into Jeez, back into. How town. many miles is it? It's roughly seventy miles of traveling so and like almost ten thousand vert or something. Like what, what I had broken down, it was like a twenty mile hike, three mile swim. The rest is a bike, basically, give yeah. or take. Yeah, and exactly. you're swimming in cold like ocean or uh, like lake a, like. Glacier, glacier lake water gnarly yeah. wet and like suit. yeah and i was in a wetsuit and goggles when i yep. started it um and you do the first stint because you have to try do it in 24 hours is the goal and i think mine was like 18 hours or something mm-hmm. which is pretty mid-pack like there's a lot of people that do it a lot faster and like there's one guy that's done it in like 11 hours or something psychotic yep. you know um and like the first swim i did that completely in the dark mm-hmm and I just had three homies. Two of them were in a canoe. One was in a kayak. Oh, they're canoeing next to you. And they're just kind of canoeing next to me. And we didn't really like know what would like what bad things could or would happen. But my immediate concern and why you have someone pace you across a lake at 
four in the morning when it's dark out is, you know, you get like a cramp or something. You can't yeah. swim. So then they can pull you out or something. You drown, bro. Yeah. So you drowned and I knew I couldn't climb into a canoe or the kayak. So the idea is that they would give me, uh, they just had extra life vests. So I'd be able to put life vest on and then they would tow me to shore. <laughs> Dude, that's psycho. <laughs> and I was like, it's pulling, and it's I was pitch black, right? It's not pitch even black. So I was swimming towards the horizon. I had like a horizon point in the valley, like Yo. two miles away. Psycho. Yeah. Dude. And like, and just ice cold do, water. Ice cold water. And I was in a wetsuit and like my wetsuit was not warm enough. And I was like pretty cold towards the end. And then I, you know, if you ever go surfing, like you pee in your wetsuit, yep. it's like a nice warm up. So I did that probably for the last like 20 minutes before I stopped swimming. And you're not in like ocean water. Like things aren't moving around. You're not like falling in white water. So it never gets flush. So like all this piss water just no. <laughs> starts to get super cold. And it's all oh, this cold water no. like against my body. And yep. I like... My I got out of the water. My lips are purple. I'm like fully white. Like I don't know how close I was to being hypothermic, but so I. So you're like, not supposed to pee then, since it's fresh water. Is no, I think it's just because you're not. I didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> like the astronauts. Yeah, I didn't know. talking here. I didn't know there was a difference between salt water and fresh water <laughs> and urinating in the suit. We gotta no, get I we gotta get a urination expert yeah, on this. Maybe the urination maybe, expert. Maybe, yeah, maybe a urination expert. I'm not totally sure what happened, but it was it was fucking cold. But it was the yeah, urine was colder than the lake water for some reason. It was just colder. Yeah. Well, it was just like I broke that like insulation layer, yeah, and then like I was just kind of like kind of shaking, like able to eat a little bit, and like couldn't feel my toes, and then was just my friends that were with me had you know my hiking gear, so I put like my hiking clothes on and just like started walking, and it took me I probably at least like an hour, two hours of hiking fast to try warm up is it standard to have people come out on a lake with you or is it just yeah. something you thought to do it's pretty no, standard it's pretty standard yeah that people Sounds and like it's, it it's a pretty rare like nobody does this shit right it's like gnar like it's not like a common thing um i mean i think within like the jackson hole community it's it's yeah. rather common um i don't know like the exact numbers but like buds how much would somebody have to pay you to do that because <laughs> my numbers my numbers extremely yeah, my numbers high extremely, just to swim across the lake in yeah. the ice cold at 4 a.m I, I don't think i could survive those swim i can't Dude. swim i'm a sinker i actually the swim I'm would be so bad i probably bad. like the swim but the hike i'm sure i would die after the swim mm-hmm. of the water i'd make it about 200 yards so the picnic too it was almost like for me it was just like personal thing it was like setting the record straight for a long term a long time dream i had in high school was to do this backpacking trail called the long trail it's like this 270 mile backpacking trail it's kind of like the appalachian trail but through vermont um and i'd been wanting to do it all through high school and then i tried to do it the summer between high school and starting college because it's the window of time i had this one was just the state of vermont okay so it's like 200 some odd miles and um but the appalachian trails Way bigger Mega than Vermont. Yeah. yeah. It's like starts in Georgia and ends yeah. on Katahdin. And that's in that Maine. Georgia side of it, I think some sketchy stuff goes on. Dude, I bet. Bootleggers. Yeah, I bet. But so anyways, I think I was 17 or something, and my friend that was going to do it with me bailed last minute. So I tried to do it solo. That's when the shit goes down. Too. And it's made, it like, made it like a week. And that's covered like a lot of ground. Um and, but I still didn't, like, do the trail. And yeah. then shortly after that, I learned about the picnic. And then it was, like, three years later, I did the picnic. And for some reason, it was just this, like, built-up thing in my head that I wanted to do. I think some. I think it's cool. When, I, when I'm listening to you talk, I almost hear, like, some of your failures are probably, like, those failures before, like, getting dropped by Burton. 
not making it made you work that much harder. It's like not making yeah. it on the Appalachian cha- Trail, yeah. whatever the hell it's called. Did, <laughs> like probably made you overtrain for the next one. And I, I yeah. think like when I look at it from an outsider's perspective is like, I think, you know, a lot of like traits you see between successful people that have done a lot of really cool stuff is they, they, they self-trust. And that comes from like simply just being like, all right, I'm going to, I say I'm going to work out every day for two months and you work out every day, you build that confidence and you can mm-hmm. keep moving the peg forward. And it mm-hmm. seems like mm-hmm. you have a really good job with your self-discipline being like, okay, I'm doing this picnic in Jackson. That's like psycho serial killer shit, but I'm going to like <laughs> wake up at 5 a.m. and like, like make a regimented thing to go train, which is like super commendable, especially in our, our like, you know, freaking burnt toast scene of snowboarding where people are just like, what up, dude? Ah, I woke up at noon today. Ah, let's go do a tray flip. And you're just like up at 5 a.m. just like yawking kettlebells. Like, I'm doing the Appalachian Trail. Like, I just think it's I sick. Know, I don't know if that's much of a dichotomy between the two, but... You know what I'm saying, though? Sounds romantic, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, I don't... I get it. I yeah. wonder what would have happened it, if he never got cut by Burton. That could have been the push. That just, dude, I would have been yeah. the softest dude. Yeah, you could have been soft. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the real Burton curse. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love oh, that. Oh man. And um, one thing, me and Stony Buds were wondering is like, you got the engineering degree. Do you have? Do you have like a, a strategy or a plan on what you want to do with that? <sighs> I mean, again, what I mean, was your exact? Because engineering is a broad term. What yeah, was your exact so focus? I did mechanical engineering. Was what my degree was in. And then, um, within mechanical, it's like, that's like saying you have like a marketing degree in business. You know what I mean? Like it's still extremely broad. Um, and I really like, like 3d modeling and like design and the design process. And actually over the course of like the last year of school, I got a lot more psyched and kind of learned a little bit more about product design. Were you doing like CNC machines, um, programming? Robotics, right? I never, so I did a class where we like made a robot and that's like a lot of coding and I'm a okay. pretty trashy coder. I'm yeah. really good at like, uh, or not really good, but I excel more in like SolidWorks, which is like 3D modeling and stuff. And that's just, that's like the visual thinker. I think a lot of people that we know would be able to like transition more into that as opposed to reading lines of code. Code, yeah, that's yeah. gnarly. Um, and I thought for a bit, I mean, this is like, even just like a full side tangent, like I, a year ago, um, I had to go to school full time for the winter to finish my degree. So that was winter 2019. Um, and just at the, and at the time I thought maybe I was like, wanted to transition out of snowboarding or maybe. I I thought in all realness, I thought I wasn't going to see you out shooting again. Yeah, I kind or of like felt in that the line. scene. And I, I thought think like, a lot oh, of shit. people. Nils went to school. He's moving on. Yeah, totally. And that's kind of where my head was at too. And like at the time, I was. It was a bunch of things. Like I had just told myself this story for so long that, for a while, I thought because like the Burton thing at the time came so unexpectedly. Expectedly, in hindsight, it wasn't unexpected. Um, but that like lack of job security had just always eaten away at me. And I thought that I would be lucky if I had gotten through snowboarding or if I had gotten through school and was still snowboarding. So at the time last winter, pretty recently, I was just like, I don't know. I feel kind of burnt out. Like I feel directionless. I don't really feel like I have any, what are you going to do next? Like, I don't know what to do next. Like I stagnant. kind of. Yeah. Like super stagnant. And I was just sort of leading this life at the time that I was like, well, you know, I'm like, maybe I could be, like, you know, a majority of my friends that I hang out with and just 
get a normal job, make twice as much as money. Yeah. <laughs> like, because like the pay is good, you know? <laughs> and then like, especially with your degree, I mean, an engineer. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I worked at like a pretty traditional cookie cutter engineering firm over the summer and it so you was, already had a job. You could have stayed. I could have stayed. Yeah. And, um, it, it was just like a series of things that, that whole, like, it would have been the end of 2018. I had like a psychotic semester of school and was just spread extremely thin, burnt out on snowboarding. 2019, like still burnt out on snowboarding, focused on school. And I was just pretty like, pretty like depressed the whole time. Like I was not in like a good place. And I because just of, of maybe school being so stressful or, yeah. kind of, or loss of direction maybe? <laughs> contributing. It was yeah. all the things. I felt Everything. like I didn't have like anything to work towards in snowboarding and that I was sort of like maybe the timing wasn't perfect, but inevitably you always have to make that transition at some point. And maybe I was kind of telling myself like, oh, this could be the timing. Yeah, it's going to happen. And you're 25. So, but you're 25. insane. <laughs> I was 24. 24. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and then like, because I mean, well, coming from my end, I was like, well, I was 17 and like I lost all my sponsors. Like, what's 24? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, it can happen anytime. I and guess. I was, yeah, and I was just sort of like heading that way. Um, and I thought that I was going to just be out. And then, um, I just really, really was like not a happy person last summer. And like, was it because you were in the back of your mind, you were maybe losing snowboarding or it was just everything? I think that was, I think that was part of it. It was just like a number of things. It was, it was everything. Like I was just like, didn't really, the work wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Um, What were you designing at work? What were you doing? Um, at work, I was at like a water filtration company. Making sure your water is up to, Spec and all yeah, that. Exactly. Up yeah, exactly. Up the code. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> you know, and it was fairly mundane, but it was like I got to see a lot of maybe a little bit more of, like, corporate world and and what's out there and just kind of get exposed to, um, I don't know, you know, a lot of things that I hadn't really been aware of. Well, and you're working a nine-to-five. You got a girl at home. Life's kind of getting serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, living with a girlfriend, and, and she had – just transitioned into um coding so she is like oh, wow. computer engineer um and both of us kind of have these like technical backgrounds you know we have power like, couple <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know both of us are like super into climbing we're like raising a dog together and you know you're living together and i'm like all about, grown up you were like one step away up. from being a full-blown grown-up yeah yeah you know and and then that summer i was kind of like the analogy i had been using or the analogy I use is I had sort of all of a sudden I think it had just gone on long enough and I realized how like I just felt numb and I didn't realize like how being a girl is scary I would say yeah real life is a little bit scary oh totally and you know like I didn't you know you don't really know what's going on when you're going through it but then all of a sudden you're kind of just like I don't like you just don't feel am I happy good Yeah. yeah like am I happy and I wasn't even like and that's kind of another thing. Like, I'm totally cool not being happy all the time. Like, that's not my goal. Yeah, you but can't like, be happy 100% of the time. And, you know, it's like, I would say with snowboarding, I was telling someone the other day, like, I feel like I have fun and I'm, like, happy and bubbly, you know, 50% of the time. When you're landing tricks. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, split high. second yeah. after. When you're clip, clip high. high. Yeah. And that's about it. And then other than that, you're, like, I am, like, extremely motivated and fulfilled. And that's not always happy, right? Those are kind of two yeah. different things, you know? And that, and, like, being motivated and fulfilled 
is what a large part of my life is. So anyways, I just felt like numb. I didn't feel anything. And looking back on it, I'm like, oh, you're pretty like not stoked. Like you're, I was pretty like depressed. You then know? you might be getting ready for 25 years of that. Yeah. And I was like going to bed at night thinking like, am I going to blink and you know, I'll be in my late thirties, have a house, maybe like a kid or two. And like, this is my life like, forever. You know, like this is, is this word. it? Like, is this where it's, is this where it's at? Is this what I'm deciding to do? And, and it was kind of in some of those moments that I felt like I was, I felt like someone was pouring sand into my hand, you know? Oh, wow. And I was just like deciding to open my hand. And the analogy there is that sand is snowboarding and the opportunity, right? And like me opening my hand is just being like, I'm going to like focus on engineering and, and like growing up. And essentially. you're 20, 24 at the time or 25. 24, like kind of working young. through all that. Yeah. yeah. Everything's been young. I mean, 24, but I've been living on my own for 10 years. True, know? true. <laughs> well, it's a trip for me because, like, I always view it, you're, you're an old soul in, in the younger, younger man's body. But, like, when I was 24, it was, I was a kid, like, still just, yeah. like, partying, not thinking about the future, just being a maniac. And it's, like, kind of crazy to think, like, you know, you're, here you are, 24, like you have snowboard opportunities, but you're like, ah, I think I'm going to go with this engineering kind of like domesticated life because it's that time now at age 24. And it seems like to me, from what I'm listening to you, it's almost like you, you had, you had lost your, your hope as far as what the next goal was or something like that. And Oh, a hundred percent. And like I had lost a bunch of hope with what I wanted to get out of snowboarding. And I think, you know, like you always make comparisons and I was kind of just comparing you know, sort of where I had ended up after, not ended up, but like where snowboarding was for me a few years after Pepper and like thinking that maybe that would significantly change more things in snowboarding, but I still felt like I was kind of trying to like, had something to like prove and I didn't feel that established. And when snowboarding is not always fun too, it's, it's hard at your guys level. So it's, yeah, it's a tough, tough thing. I'm sure. Totally. And especially when you know, you have your education over here. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was like, I can, like I could, like, before I graduated, because at the time last summer, you know, my degree was like in the bag, essentially. Like, and I the didn't, fact I didn't that you got that other... while snowboarding is insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice to me. I think I think it's really cool for people to hear. It's like you have yourself, who's this guy who's won Baker banked. He won all these big air contests. He's video like parts. video incredible video parts. He's like on top of the world, great sponsors, two covers, two covers. And like, just, and in this, he's running marathons and he's freaking rock climbing and he's got an engineering degree. And it's like, it's like people think that they're the only person out there that struggles with depression and stuff. But it's like, even people like yourself who are out there grinding, go through it. And it's, I think it's yeah. important for people to hear that, you know? Well, dude, I mean, what it was for me is like all the, a lot of those successes were like a, how I came to understand it. So I guess we can finish the story and then we'll, and then we'll go into how I've understood how I understand my process. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and essentially how that summer ended off and from then until now, what's sort of happened, inspired. what it was happened is that I like things turned around kind of quickly that I like finished, um, finished my internship, started my last semester of school Pretty soon after, um, broke up with my girlfriend at the time. That same week, started training at, like, the sect with Jeremy Jones and Bodie and all those guys and Sage. And it was just, like, a pretty, like, 
for me, that's like an easy metric. What's the sect for people that don't know, like myself? I know sect a little is, bit. It's but. like a, it's a group fitness gym that's ran by like a complete animal. And, and some like big dog snowboarders like, in there, it sounds and like. And there's like some big dog snowboarders that are in there, like Sage, Bodie, uh, Pat, Jeremy Jones been going there forever. The you guy that... Chris or? We'll get him in there. Yeah, I'll get him in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to embarrass these guys. Right. <laughs> true, yeah. true. Um, I think to like, it's pretty like aggressive, high intensity things. Like, like I like, I'd throw up every now and then. Holy and the dude. So I would the, last about 30 <laughs> seconds. You're <laughs> fired. And like, uh, for example, the guy that was training us was the same dude that trained the actors for that movie 300. Oh, geez. They were just like, <laughs> wow, that's kind athletic. of a, like a let's go. Situation. The, the buffest it's dudes pretty, on the planet. Yeah. So it's pretty like, you're in it and like you're committed, you know? And Copy. then, so it was those two things. And then I had also had been exploring the idea and reached out and got like a, a confirmation to do the free ride world tour for the winter. And then all of a sudden that like those, those three things like, okay, I'm graduating. I'm going to work out hard. I'm single now. Like, and I just like applied this laser focus and I was like, you know what? I like, I want to take all this effort that I've been putting into engineering school, which is like a lot. Like I would wake up and my eyes would be twitching and I have like gray hairs and like, you know, I have gray, gray hair. I have gray, gray hair now. At 20, gray bush <laughs> over here, huh? 24. 23, I started 23 year old gray, gray bush. Yeah. Okay. Like, Crazy. You know, it's just like high stressful. Like I've broken yeah. down crying in school. And wow. Just a lot of it is, is expected out of you. Yeah. It's expected to break down, let the Not stress get to you. Not expected to break down and let the stress get to you, but to perform at a certain level in uh. school. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like a, being a pro snowboarder. You're expected to perform at a certain level. When you're paying for this out of your pocket, and yeah. you want to be successful and yeah, make the most too. of it. That too, you know. So it's like a lot of stress is there, and you know, all of a sudden it was just like, okay, I want to put all of that effort into snowboarding and just kind of see what I can do. And so not, what and really not flipped just, the switch? The breakup, the invite. It was everything. Combination. It, it was the just combination everything. of all the things that all of a sudden I was just like. And missing that life, I guess. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? like, And kind of realizing, you know, the sand analogy that I was yeah. like, oh, I'm like deciding to let this go, Yeah, you know? And like... Too soon. Fuck it. You know, like I want in. I want all in. I want to like... I want to use engineering to design and work on stuff in the off season. I want to like use what I know, how well I can use Excel and like... Love it. PowerPoint to like... Yep. Well, and now engineering's projects there. And engineering's proposals. there no yeah, matter what like, you do, right? Engineering's always going to be there. Like a nine to five yep. is always there if I want it, you mm -hmm. know? And and for right now, I realized, you know, besides just 3D modeling, school gave me a lot of these really good skills, it like a, like technical skills as far as like business and communicating go. And I'm like, oh, like I think I can start to like figure out my role in snowboarding from like a... I look at it in kind of like a pretty business aspect, but um, at least for me and how I function, that that's like just how I got to do it, and and then yeah, and then I just I I love I love so, so much of what I'm hearing right now, and <laughs> yeah. I just want to I want to circle back around from yeah, how I'm processing back. It yeah, because I I feel like a lot of people think it's like when I reach the goal, then I'm happy, right? When I like I felt it it in my life where it's like. I want to I want to buy the house and be comfortable and mm -hmm. and achieve these things, right? And mm -hmm. then you achieve them. And you think that you're actually the most unhappy after you achieve them. It's almost like when you're clawing your way to the top or you're yeah. clawing your way to get there, the struggle's the best part. And when you're done totally. and you lose that struggle, it's you like you complacent. became depressed, you became complacent, maybe a little bit lost. And I love that. And to me it's like this analogy of like football where it's like you get your first down, right? 
and then you got your first down, you got to move the chains forward. Like, let's go. Let's get the yeah. next first down, yeah, you know? Totally. And if you don't move the chains forward, well, then what? You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, totally. Um, and I think that's just, that's 100%, like, I think where I'd, I've realized I operate well is, like, I mean, it's even little things, you know? It's, like, every aspect of my life, I'm I'm extremely, and this is just through school, I think, like, goal-oriented. Yeah, structured. Uh, <laughs> structured, Yeah, you know? And then, like... Totally opposite of your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly so. <laughs> um, but with that, yeah, it's like, you know, dinner, like cooking is even a, a simple example that I like make. I made pad thai the other night and I'd like just finished cooking and I'm like dishing everything out. I'm just like, what am I making tomorrow? Like already planning. Yeah. And I'm just like, and that's always. Bro's on it. There's on always it. like the on next not, not like me and you, but. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think like it's a. I, I decided at the grocery store three minutes before yeah, I'm about to get yeah, home and yeah, cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't know, well, it's funny too because, you know, we could kind of go into like what that process of my life love even it. looks yeah. like, you know, because yeah. for the most part, it's, it's on the surface brought a lot of success. You know, it's like there's covers, video parts, contests, you know, like. Baker, you know, I'm sure we'll go into free ride world tour yeah. title. And yeah. like, there's all these like benchmark things, degree, like, and, but in reality, I, I had sort of realized, you know, after I started, um, um, after my like split up, I started, you know, I like started talking to a therapist because I was still numb, you know, like even through all of that, through all these Break like decisions. And I was, no, I was just like, oh, it wasn't not hard. even that. It was just like, so I didn't work feel, through those emotions. I didn't feel like a fucking thing. Really? Yeah. And that's when I was like, this isn't like, I don't think this is good. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, SLCmentalhealth.org. Like, let's find something how's to that, talk to, you know? It, how's <laughs> that experience though. been? Yeah. It was so helpful. Yeah. And I think especially for like, you know, and I, I just kind of like, I just did it. Um, and I, the more people I talk to, especially like just in general, people are like, it's, I think it's a lot less common to either talk about it or just to like, you know, for a younger guy, especially a seemingly successful age. guy to be like, I think I need to talk to a therapist, yeah. you know? And like, that's huge. And it was really good. And it just helped me unpackage and understand a lot. Yeah. And one of those things is it's funny. Cause you, you go back on this, like, oh, yeah, you, like, grew up at a super early age. Like, you'd done all these successful things. You've always been on your own. And for the most part, I've, by, like, I was almost, like, by attrition. I, like, the way I describe it is there's this, like, I have, like, an emotional sense of self, Mm -hmm. which is what I had just completely blocked off for so long because everything in my life detached. And everything in my life, like, required me to have this um, analytical sense of self. And that's where like naturally I think my brain already thought that way. And then there's things uh snowboarding, doing tricks, big mountain lines, engineering school, rock climbing, all this stuff is like um, leave your emotions at the door. Yep. You know, like you have to turn huh? on like your analytical thinking brain and it brought me a lot of success and then all of a sudden I was you know, faced with like couldn't really like um, confront myself about how I actually felt. And I didn't understand that I needed to confront myself about how I felt with like how, where my head was at going into this season. And then obviously like that took like a huge toll on my relationship because I'm 
just closed off and like I don't even understand that I'm closed off. I'm just like I don't like maybe we're having a fight, but I don't feel anything. Yeah. And it was yeah. because Yeah. And it was because and I, I kinda understand it a little bit better now. It's like, oh, something intense and serious is happening. Like think. Like that's like my default yeah. is like think it. Don't like like don't react. Don't react. Detached defense mechanism. Yeah. Kind of thing like that. Totally. Well, and it was just And that's hard for a relationship if you're not Oh, it's like super hard. Yeah. You, like you need it. I know. You know? I, I can relate to that 110. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly just like, what yeah. and it's just like a, a human thing. And that was like, I had no clue that those were like the things that started being developed at such an early age. And because it seemingly brings so much success Copy. for so long. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I got some shit to figure out. To figure out you inside know. here. Yeah. You know, you know you know what's really cool about like doing some of that like emotional intelligence or working on yourself in that way? It's like it it has a weird stigma about it where men, you know, like it's like men are like, I don't need to do a therapist, I'm fine, right? It's mm-hmm. like and sometimes you don't have to be sick to get better. And I feel like in the same way that you can get physically fit and you can get, you know, like you can diet well or you can you can grow as in, in better, you know, get better at your sport. You can also get more emotionally fit. And I think that th- that like seeing a therapist or working, working through some of that stuff, it all just brings a better balance to your life all the way through where you're not just Dude. psycho achieving. Cause like psycho achievement doesn't bring you happiness. Psycho yoga doesn't bring you happiness. It's about a balance between the emotional oh, and, totally. the, and, and all that stuff. It's I just, yeah, no. And that's like, that's kind of what it turned into is like understanding like myself, how I kind of function in the world. A lot of it, I mean, a lot of it was just understanding my relationships with other people and how like my relationships with people have like kind of formed and yeah. Um, but yeah, like my emotional sense of self. And I think that's, I've listened to some podcasts about it and like I've, I've, you know, had this conversation with a lot of people that I think, you know, like the, especially growing up, on the East coast, there's like, you don't st- talk about feelings. There's like the stigma, <laughs> no. you know, there's kind of the stigma of like the, the tough male figure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard nose East coast motherfuckers. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm raised, and, raised and by like, one of those guys. Yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah 100%. And, and that's super, that is an insanely good skill to have yeah. gritty to tough. an extent. Yeah. You know, to it sometimes and oftentimes to a fault. And that's it's, like it, it's hard on the significant other in the relationship yeah. when when yeah they I can, basically can't hang totally yeah. I can yeah. be a bulldog absolutely but you you don't want to be a bulldog in your relationship you want to no. you want but yeah that's or even just like yeah how you like understand and communicate with other people mm-hmm. you know and then like yeah so therapy was pretty sweet for you worked therapy out well. helped a bunch yeah Steve yeah. shout out to Steve. I love hearing that, bro. I love really, hearing really that. Cool. Yeah. that. That's like, like, I could talk about that all day. I love the yeah. fact that at your age, you went and did that. I mean, I don't think I'm ready for that at my age. And that's, that's Dude, huge. I tell you, I need some therapy yeah, like think, yesterday, yeah, bro. That's, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. that's huge of like, you to make that, like, thank you. to make that decision to be like, yeah. I'm going to yeah. figure this out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I yeah, continue. <clears throat> and that's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I think a lot of people, it's funny after I've, Granted, I've only, like, I probably talked to the dude, like, eight times, yeah, you know? But, like, eight hours of talking to someone with, like, they're trained to yeah, help the right you navigate yes. these conversations with yourself is essentially yeah. what's happening. And then, like, have, like, a non-intrusive way to, like, have you ask yourself the right questions. Like, that is super helpful. 100%. You know? And what's the, what's the alternative? For me, there, there's either A... You bottle it up and think you're the only person going through it. Am I going crazy? B, what I do, 
dump it on my friends who aren't qualified for this shit. Yeah, they don't that too. Yeah, yeah, that too. And, and it's like, I'm dumping all this shit on my friends that I'm going through. They don't know what to do. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, go go talk to somebody that actually knows how to talk help you to navigate it. Right? Yeah. And it's the same. It's like you go to, like, a, like I go to a physical trainer. You know, I go to PT. Yeah. Like, your mind, everyone knows your mind is the most important muscle. Yeah. Like, that means more than cramming engineering oh, problems. Your penis is pretty important as well. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It, um, yeah. Even that, that like segue to this whole, um, I became pretty good friends with like, uh, Elias Elhart over the okay. winter. Yep. Um, and him and I kind of saw eye to eye. Cause after I'd sort of been going through this process of like being, just being honest with yourself. Yeah. And then actually like acknowledging just how you're feeling and like being able to understand your feelings and all these things like that guy's already there and like hats off to him. And he actually, I think talks to someone as well, you know? Really? Yeah. And like, I, you know, it's, um, you guys bonded. Yeah. We like became on like the first stop of the tour. We became like really good friends. And I like faced, I FaceTime with him yesterday for like an hour and it was awesome. It was one of those things. and, And maybe there's another way we can get into this, but it was like the, came to understand that there was this like in in snowboarding and skiing and these like extreme sports these lifestyle sports that there's this stigma of being like in a struggle and on the surface like a lot I think a lot of people look at the sports and it's it's just like oh it's always fun you know like I, I, like these guys are just out there having a good time or you know I'd have like a shitty run at the tour and people would be like well you still had fun though like, and you're like did you no. did I it was like <laughs> Uh, and, you know, as a reaction, you say yes. Yeah. Right. And you risk but, your life. But in reality, it's like, I couldn't sleep last night. We woke up at 4 a.m. I'm on the other side of the world and I like kind of risk my life. And now I have like a shitty score for, a, you know, a subjective contest, but it still means a lot to me. So like it, it, you just go through this like turmoil of a process and then to have someone just tell you like, you still had fun, right? Yeah. It was like, Talking about the tour. No. How many? Yeah, you yeah, did, like, right? It's, dude, yeah. no. Like, and it's the same thing for a video part. You know, I'm sure you can relate. Oh, dude, you're, you're living in a life of stress. I'm not trying to downplay it, but there, it is always only glorified, like you're saying. It's the only, you only yeah. see the trick you landed. You don't yeah. see the fact that this fool has 10 concussions and his throws up if he hits his head or somebody that... Mm-hmm. Um, what it takes to or, get you guys where you're at. Yeah, or what you got to go through or maybe the other things in your life that struggle from the yeah. the, the things well, that... You, you know, relationships. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like 100%. Yeah. yeah. Every time I, you leave a girl behind, there's stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got that no at home. how many days yeah. you're gone. 100%. Yeah. I think that's but, beautiful. So, I don't know. Him and I had, had that conversation a lot yeah. and I feel like I've been like trying to get better at holding my ground and understand how to navigate that conversation with people of like, you still have like a good time, huh? And it's like, actually it was really stressful, but like, you know, I'll be better in a couple of days. But for right now I'm, I'm really upset. That's good. That'd be you good like, answers to, be to have real yeah, right no. when you're getting interviewed off after <laughs> yeah. one of your runs. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to get into the free ride world yeah, tour stuff tour. because, yeah. um, Let's go that you know, route. that's, that's the moving the chain forward to the next goal. And I, exactly. I love it. it. Yeah. Like, it gave me, it gave me that like direction. Yep. You know what I mean? And that was, there was that whole year leading up to going into the tour and everything that was going on. And I was just like, oh, sweet. It like 
gave me like tell us a little thing. bit about the tour like what's it consist of how many how many competitions where were you yeah. what's going on so the free what ride, is the tour yeah exactly. so the, the fwt is the free ride world tour and it is a um free ride so essentially big mountain contest series with skiers and snowboarders men and women um the i'm trying to think i don't know how many years it's been going on but at least like 15 I've or definitely something. seen it on TV it was, before. It was the 20 it would have been the 25th year that they hosted the the final stop. Wow, that's Which wasn't huge. always a part of the tour, so it was just like the the like crown the crown stop at the very end has been going on for the big well, event. What would have been 25 years. Um and yeah, there's uh five stops total, one in Japan. One in uh, Kicking Horse Canada, and then the final three are in Europe. It was uh, Fieberbrunn, Austria, Andorra, and then the final stop is in is Verbier. It's the Verbier Extreme. Um, and essentially, you just go one at a time. How many riders? There are. There was like eight snowboarders typically, and I think there's like twenty five ski men. Oh, really? Twenty five skiers. A eight lot snowboarders. of a lot of ski men. Really big in the ski men category, and then I think there's. 10, you know, ski women and about seven snowboard women. And they basically just take a fresh slope, hasn't been tracked, yeah. and you guys rip it apart. Yeah, exactly. One by one, probably a lottery. One by one, you know, exactly a lottery to get, like, your spot and, like, your drop. You want to go first? Because you get better? last spot, it's all chewed, bomb hole. It depends. Like, if you're the first out of the whole thing, like, if you're the first rider of the event to go, like, that would kind of suck. The scoring's nothing to gauge on. Uh, because, like, the scoring's harder to gauge on. What I had found out that, like, you you can look at the slope. You're not allowed to, like, ride the slope at all. Do you have a separate and, slope from the skiers? Uh, No, it's all the same, oh, like, geez. venue. Yeah, so everyone just goes, and they just kind of do it in one, like, one push. Um, And so the snow is, like, always pretty hard to, like, line up good snow conditions. And so for the most part, especially going from filming where you're trying to, like, peak perform in peak conditions, ideally... You're trying to just like perform in odds are like the best conditions you got, which ninety nine percent of the time we all know is pretty mediocre. Yeah, gonna be right. That good. So like you don't get that many good days compared to the yeah exactly. Um, so I, like if you're the first guy out of the whole thing to go and you're kind of questioning the snow, and then like you do a safe run, but the snow turns out being kind of good, then like you just the blew other it a little like bit. you blew it a little bit. The other riders know that it's good. They can go a little more buck wild. And then, you know, like Japan, for example, the two main tricks that I had, um, both takeoffs had been, like, hit already, but only by one or two other people. So, like, I had, like, a packed-out takeoff yep. as yep. opposed to just, like, a fresh snow roller. Where you can't get that like as well. I, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'd want to go, like, fifth or something like that. Exactly. Like run something like that. Yeah, if you were, like, the fifth guy in the face to go, you'd be stoked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always kind of a toss-up. Yeah. So one thing I heard that was really cool, I was out with Shane Charlebaugh the other day, and he was saying that um, basically he he came home, or when you first were deciding to embark on the Freeride World Tour, and you were watching every podium contest run, like ever, or something yeah. like that, yeah, to, yeah. in order to get mentally prepared. Like, can we talk about that preparation process? I love that. Yeah, so they have all of, like, the previous runs like uploaded online like you can watch like a recorded live stream from 2018 if you want you know so i was going through and re-watching all the runs that had done bad 
and or not as that ugh, <laughs> I was rewatching all the runs that had done well. Yeah, you know, and um, trying to figure out like figure out the pattern. Yeah, right. Like why, engineer well, that well, shit. Why, engineer why that they shit. did good? Yeah, you know. So I was spending a bunch of time like, and odds are they always do it on like a similar, if the same face. So then there's these guys that have been doing it for five years that are at a total advantage because they're just like... They've ridden that face. They've ridden that face, you know, like maybe a half dozen times or something. And, and you've then, never taken a run And I've never taken a run on it, you know? Copy. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like, which is a total disadvantage. So you're just trying to... Like, the work's there for you to do, for you to do your homework and, like, see how people get judged. See what things maybe don't do good, see what things like they actually look out for in judging and see what other things, you know, you can kind of like not worry about as much. Like being a little squirrely in the air is going to take less off your points as opposed to maybe being styling in the air, but like slapping your hand on the ground. Really? They, right? they like, dock the hand drag more. Um, I kind of just made that up on the fly. <laughs> yeah, but that's an example. But what about like, you? I'm pretty sure that's something that would yeah. happen, yeah. Like, like you see skiers scrape their whole back on the yeah, ground. I was wondering this thing. What's up with the back exactly slap? Though. You guys have opened a whole can of worms. Yeah, there. let's yeah, talk. Can we like talk back? we got to talk about back slap. fire. <laughs> the, back, the back slap, it, to me, is not a make. Like, not right? a make. They go yeah. up the clip, they bomb hole, they push yeah, off they their poles. back. Yeah. That is the definition of the bomb hole right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so... um. Here's the, here's the back slap. Yeah, let's talk back. We we gotta let's dive into back the back slap. slap. Got to be huge talk uh, at the tour. Um, I think it's kind of like a lot of back slap, <laughs> a lot of bar bar top back slap talk. So um, I didn't get too into it about the back slap with any like skiers or snowboarders, and I kind of overheard a few conversations, like a few like just in passing comments. And I'm pretty sure that it was a big debate until the past couple of years. And as of recently, it seems like ever like skiers need to stomp. They okay. Need to it's kind of where the vibes at. Back slaps out. And like, they can as do like, they can do like a back <laughs> lean, you know, they can kind of do like the back, back lean, like back seat. But if guys are doing like a full back slap, whole back that's like back hit. That is considered the no fly zone. That's like a sloppy, like Big. hand check. See, yeah. I always you know? thought they counted that as a make when I watched the videos. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, so I don't know. Cause like the, land? the analogy is <laughs> like, and it was a very simple analogy. It's like, well, if you guys count the back slap, I think this is what the conversation was again, kind of making it up. Hand drag shouldn't from, matter that much. Well, the butt check. Oh, the butt, yeah. The What's back the slap is the equivalent to the snowboarder's butt check. Butt check, it, butt check's a no make. Yeah. And butt check in our in our world is a no make. Yeah. You know. But if back slap works, butt butt, butt check should out. work. Butt check should also be acceptable. Yeah. Um. So I no think fly that's, zone. No fly. <laughs> so I think that's sort of where they're able to like find the common ground and and decide that. Um. At least from what I was seeing on the tour this year, like guys would, like, get really back seat. I mean, they go huge, and then and they, huge to back slap. And then, like... They do send, send. massive clips. But, I'll like, the that. full back slap, yeah. like, where you're really getting some And dragging a little bit. And dragging a little bit, like, that's, like, not acceptable. Not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your first competition. How'd you do? Where um, were you? Yeah, so it was in Hakuba, Japan. Wow. Um, big dog, Japan. That's dope. Big dog, Japan. Um, And I, like... Kind of had all these, like, you know, first free ride contest ever. Ever. <laughs> so I was just like, well, I'm pretty sure I know what I need to do. And then just try, like, stick to that plan. And I stuck to my plan. You know, I, I was like, I need two 360s. 
and like figure out some other stuff in between. You need to stomp. You need to look clean. And like I got to like be clean, be fluid. Like you don't want to spend too much time on like one edge, even though you could be going the same speed if you do like one side slip, but go the same pace and you do like four turns, like that's going to, you know, look better. Yep. Right. So it's like all those little things. Flowing. Flow um, days. Flow state. Yeah. Flow state. Flow state. <laughs> it's a flow state um, situation. And uh, essentially like I did not think my run went that well. Like I wasn't too impressed with it. Because again, coming from filming, it's the bar's so high. Yeah, like, everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be like perfect. One of the best tricks you've ever done, and this was like kind of a mediocre run in my mind. And then I got down, and I ended up second. First contest. First contest. So sick. First contest, and then I got second, and I was just like, okay. You're like, like hey, the, I like I can I can let's hang. do this. Like I think I can do this. You know, yeah. you're like the big dogs here to eat, boys. Move up, <laughs> move out of the way, <laughs> and, out of the way. And like, yeah, dude, it was. That whole uh, free ride realm is really interesting in the fact that a lot of those guys are pretty, you know, it's like in general, skiers and snowboarders are like tunnel visions as to what else is going on in the world. Yeah, totally. And same deal with the free ride group is that they're just like, they're That's all they know is the free ride group. A lot of them are really focused on free ride. Were they like, who is this guy? And I'd gotten that from, like, a number of people where it was like, dang, really good for a rookie. Like, oh, Nils is, like, rookie season on the tour. And it's like, well, I guess on paper it's – On paper, I'm a rookie. I'm Mitch, a rookie I won tour. everything, okay? <laughs> this is going to be easy. And then it's – and then it was just like – and, again, not to be, like, arrogant or anything, but it's like, dude, I got, like, my first cover almost, like, 10 years ago. And these guys I maybe hadn't like, even heard of you? Or? It was like I filmed, like, six video parts. It's like I won Baker. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think – I'm not a rookie. You know, it's we like, haven't been on the tour. They you. don't know what, what's going yeah, on so with that you. was, like, a little bit of the vibe I got from a couple people on it. it was just like, wow, you were so good. And it's like uh, – Where did you like, come from? It's like, well, you know, you should, like, so, go ride Brighton for a day. So the free ride <laughs> like, tour, they're kind of disconnected from some of the shit, huh? Who, can, uh, can we hear some, some names of who be, the riders are in the tour? Um – Let's see. Well, this year there was like a sick, a pretty sweet lineup because um, traditionally there's been a lot of riders that come up through free ride qualifying events, and it's really impressive because those guys like guys like um, Jonathan Pinfield and Davy Baird, Blake Ham, who's also a local homie, they're all dope name. In, Blake Hamm. also stacking dope names, names. <laughs> and like they're incredible snowboarders, yeah. which is sweet. But they've they're kind of in this this world that's a little bit maybe more disconnected than mainstream commercialized snowboarding, which is well, a lot of them aren't magazine we, names either that I see exactly. through the magazine. You know, and it's and just I like in the video and that's just kind of the, except Elias, you know, I've, I've heard of him obviously yeah, for yeah. a long time. Well, and that's the thing is that this year, um, there was, uh, like Elias Elhart, um, Sammy Lubke, oh, who's sick. done the tour Sammy's for a long time. Dope, He's dope. Dude. But he's also a, a total G and comes from a filming background. Yeah, used yeah. to film with him, Get Real Year. Shout yeah, out. and like... He's dope. He's been around. He's been in it. He's like a part of the snowboarding, you know, maybe more mainstream community. Um, and then also Victor De La Rue. Oh, oh Victor's And he's like beast mode yeah. household name. And, you know... That's a pretty insane crew you're up against. Yeah. and Oh, and Gigi Ruff. Whoa. And Ooh. Gigi... Ooh. So Gigi only Ooh. did... The big Hey, dog. for Gigi... <laughs> And yeah, that was like, that's heavy, dude. So then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm doing like free ride world tour," and a lot of people would be like, 
oh yeah, I feel like I've seen, you know, seen the videos, like people don't seem to ride like too aggressively. I've seen your video parts. I'm sure you, you like, you, dude, you're going to like, you're going to win that thing. No problem. And I'm oh, like, wow. I was thinking the same thing. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and everyone, what got you the invite? Um, like how'd you get on their radar or what? Totally. So I, um, I'm kind of proud of this. I like, I reached out to my, uh, goggle team manager at the time at Giro, Todd Kupke who put me in touch with a skier that I had done a shoot with two years prior, and I got along with a guy really well, Drew Tabke, who's been on the tour for 11 years or something, one of the longest, like, standing names on the tour. He put me in touch with the head judge. And the, like, chain... for you, it sounds like. And the, yeah, and the chain of communication was kind of like, hey, Todd, can I, like, get me a contact? Like, I want to try to talk to someone. He's like, eh, I can t- talk to Drew, but like odds are, you know, not going to happen. Not really going to happen. And same thing with Drew. He's like, yeah, I can, I'll put you in touch with Bertie, but like, keep in mind, like it doesn't it's really happen. happen bud. <laughs> and then I reached out to, you know, Bertie, the head judge. And like, I had sent him like a, essentially like a proposal kind of resume thing, which I, Shout I have. Shout out to college for that. <laughs> Shout out to college. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, and that's, and that's where things like, Oh, these, like, you know, you put your video parts on paper and, like, you put your contest results and bullet points and, like... All of a sudden, you you're tell, official. And then, like, you A resume. Tell, He's got yeah, a resume. Yeah, yeah, I got a resume. <laughs> Kids got know? a resume. And, like, and you kind of, like, add in, like, your opening paragraph of, like, this is why I think I'd be a good fit because I've done these things and I go to school for this. So my mind works this way. Like, I'm your guy. Um, coincidentally enough, a rider had been injured that same month. This was in September had to pull out from the tour last minute a spot opened up Bertie, uh, Bertie opened the wild card tour like season whatever for me and yeah so I was expecting a no and at best a like one stop and, and if that, you did bad on that first one you were out either way I would have been out like even if I had one because they have like oh host like special guest to this event you know I've seen like, T. Ricky doing that it, yeah Travis Rice will like do that um, so at best that's what I was expecting and then all of a sudden it was like yeah, like, we think you'd be a good fit. Like, you look good. Yeah, like, here's a spot for, like, the season, which Ooh. never really happens. And it was just all these, like, perfect storm things lined up, and I think I had communicated myself in the right way. And, like, yeah. shout out to college. <laughs> shout out to college. <laughs> Man, dude. And then um, and then I just said, yeah. And I was, I was on. I was on board. And so what was the final result? What ended up happening? So, after Japan, uh, we went to Canada. I had a rough go in Canada. Till and this mid-March. tour can't be cheap. You're going to Japan, Canada, Europe. I mean. Yeah. And, like, so that's also, that's stressful um, that, you know, that's, like, deciding how you're going to spend your money. Luckily, they break up the prize money. So, like, first is a little bit less money, but the whole field gets paid out. Everyone gets yep. paid. So, everyone, so, like, I think from fourth down to whatever last place, you get, that's like, a, at least a grand. Mm-hmm. So, something for pay. your time. Mm-hmm. Cause that Because that's the thing. Like, a lot of these guys don't, like, I'm lucky enough, and I'm at a point in my snowboarding that I have, like, a travel budget, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't have that. Right? Yeah. And, and a lot of no. these guys on the tour are just kind of making it happen. It's a total passion project. Mm-hmm. And shout out to all of them. Yeah. For that's like where their heart is and that's where their motivation yeah. is. And, and you see that. Yeah. And it's especially being as like crusty as I can get, even though I'm young, I've like been in it for so long yeah. that like I can't help but get crusty sometimes, yeah. you know? <laughs> and um, to see that like level of passion people put out is pretty admirable. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, so, anyways, um, after Canada, uh, went over to Europe 
and was in Andorra for about a week, and they canceled the event. No. The judges weren't able to see us, and they like we were put on hold a couple times, and then eventually they just called it, and they weren't gonna. They don't extend it another day. It's just done. No, because I, I mean, in their end, it was just that's so much money to like yeah. try get everything back and all the infrastructure again. back in place. And by infrastructure, I don't mean like. Are there, like, physical. helis flying around? What are we talking about? Yeah, so there's, like, it's, a heli flying around the whole time. Crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got I forgot you got event. a chopper on you. Yeah. You yeah. got the GoPro, like, course pre yeah. thing yeah, going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy. <laughs> Not so something you of, can like, just reschedule for the next good day or whatever. It's totally. What happens, happens. Yeah, so it's a pretty, like... And the tour themselves, for as the production they do, they are extremely dynamic with how they're able to adjust and adapt to weather and conditions mm-hmm. in the landscape, which was really impressive to see. Um, so, Andorra was canceled. And then about a week later, um, there was the event in Fieberbrunn, Austria. So you didn't how, even go home? No. No, no sorry. And I was so you weren't like, jet-lagged, that's tight. Yeah, yes, that's that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by this point, you know, I'd been in Europe for like two and a half weeks or something. Um, and I was actually planning on staying another three or four weeks through the finals. Um, and how they were going to make up the snowboard men's event was there's two stop, there's two starting gates because the venue's so big in, um, Fieberbrunn. Um, so in the morning, all the snowboard men went first down start one and then everyone ran their contest. And then it was the Andorra staged in Austria event. Uh. And we all took our second run from the second stop but i like i was i think fourth overall starting the day and then i kind of had like a little bit more creative funner run because the venue was like pretty rolly and playful it's like sort of more my style i'd say um and like landed my run and just like won it yeah that run was sick and it turned it just turned out to be like a run that like I'm really proud of like Japan. I got second and in general, I wasn't really proud or impressed with my run, but then you know, looking back at the run I had for the first, first run in Austria, I was just like, good job. dude." You felt yeah. good. Like, proud of yourself. And that that like, was like, contest number one. That was right? contest. That was number Andorra one, one or that was Austria. That there's, was the Austria. Austria, one. Austria there's first Austria one, one and Austria two, right? Basically. Technically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. Um, and then I like, so yeah, then I won it. And that put me in, like, that bumped me from fourth overall to first overall. Um, so at this point, are you doing some engineering? Like, I need this score to win. I need, like, um, I don't need to, I need to go all out. I just I need to. No. So I, like, I, I mean, I didn't get that into it. I wasn't yep. trying to be, like, I need, like, if I get this score and this person gets this place, yeah. then it's, like, a guarantee. Yeah. Like, I win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, you had everything to lose, though. And I had plenty to lose, you know. But for me, I was just like, just land your second run. Like, yeah, like don't blow it. Like, get a run. Yeah, like don't blow it. Get a run, but you know, try something. Like, don't play it too safe. Like, you can afford to go for broke and still go to the finals, you know. Um, So I just tried to find like that middle ground, and then ended up. Winning the second contest wow. <laughs> on my end, we didn't realize it at the time, but I had had a few people. Was like, "Did you just lock down the, the title? Like, did is that did that just happen?" I was like, uh, "Before Verbier, yeah." I was like, "Well, I don't 
I don't actually know. And we talked to one of the the organizers, and she was pretty frazzled and like trying to do the numbers on her she laptop. She didn't even know either. Huh? And she like was just like, no, like if Victor had gotten six instead of fifth, you would have won. Oh wow! And then like the next day, um, I pretty much I heard it from like a number of people. Was like, no, like we went through the numbers again, you and did. like you did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. So you're basically, and it was like they took the numbers, which was sort of like bittersweet because like I had just no matter what I would have won yeah either way you I could have won. stayed home and I still yeah. would have won yeah. you know Insane. second and third though we're still on a cloud I imagine yeah it, it happens yeah. in motocross a lot Same yeah, thing. yeah. They, they secure the before they mm-hmm. you know three races from the fin- the yeah last totally one. yeah that's but, ins- dude dude congrats, and then, and then it was all of a sudden huge. and then it was like and it still it like hits at random times like we're talking about it right now and I'm like Oh yeah, I'm like the free ride world tour champion. It's it's <laughs> the sickest <laughs> ever. It's it's sick. like, and I'm just like one of the boys, right? Oh, it's it's insane. Just like someone That's from huge. like the inside team like yeah. fought through, you know, like, and did it. And did it. Let's yeah. talk cheddar biscuits. <laughs> I mean, uh, at the end at the end oh, of the day, what kind of prize money are we looking at here? Um, cheddar biscuits. That day that day was <laughs> That day was pretty cool. Um it was uh, five grand for each first place. Oh, so one day right there, ten k. Yep. And then um, you've had a lot we, of ten k days. A lot of ten k days stacking yeah. up since <laughs> in your young life. It's a good number. <laughs> I like that. And um, uh, yeah, we also got because the snowboard men had to go up first thing, and then we were they rushed us to try get us like taking a second run. Everyone else at the venue had to hike, and it was like an hour hike, and we got heli bumps. Heli laps, so yes, insane. Got two heli laps, some heli two first bump ups, ups, two won first the title, insane, big day. Cash, and I was big like, day. That was a pretty solid day, man. Yeah. <laughs> you've had some landmark days, man, in your some young good life. days. Yeah, yeah. get let's I like get a this good landmark. day, like a good day. This guy's accomplished more at age twenty five yeah. than like any, almost anybody will in their yeah. entire life. Yeah, it's you insane. start stacking up events and it's, triathlons and video parts it's and covers. Crazy. It's it's really insane. I want I do what I want in. I want I want to be a snowboarder. It's it will naturally talented, as it, he says. Yeah, well, I'm see the thing is I'm naturally talented. I, I will say this about this: it pisses me off. Like, okay, you got to work a little harder. No, is that what you're saying? I go I go skate with I skate pretty much every day in the summer. At, yeah, skating is a black. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you go skate with Nils. He hasn't looked at a skateboard in fucking months, dude. He gets on this thing. He's like blasting like frontside flips, and he's like his kid, everything's talented. popped. It pisses me off, bro. I'm not even. I got yeah, dude. I got <laughs> some. Yeah. I don't know what to tell. A, you. a little off subject. Did you get your car stolen skateboarding in Salt Lake City? Uh, I got my truck stolen, truck stolen? trail running. Trail running. Yeah. yeah no, another cool truck story I remember hearing though is uh, you. I remember you were like, I'm driving back east to give my sister my truck. Yeah. That, I always that, thought that was really thanks, commendable, man. cool thing. Yeah. Thanks, man. I um, I so I mean, yeah. You hear a lot about Hans and I. Yep. And then we also have a younger sister, Winter. I was planning on getting a new truck, and I had, like, an old beat-up Toyota pickup. And I was just like, this might last you for a year. That Toyota is sick. Dude. And it was such a sick truck. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cool. You didn't have a, a lightning bolt on yeah, it? Yeah, that thing's gold lightning so, bolts on so the side of it. Yeah. Like, and, um, yeah, so she came out and visited Utah for a little bit, and um, we drove that truck back to Vermont and just... Left it with her, you know, because like you know, I maybe could have sold so it sick. for like fifteen hundred dollars, yeah, two thousand dollars, you know. 
That's I think it's cool. Give her such a good role model. You and your brother are good role models, and then you give her the vehicle, and it's just a that's just a yeah awesome life. Yeah, like move. I don't know. There's like you can only do like so much. It's not like I'm a philanthropist or anything, but it's like. When I can try to take care of some people in my family and like find a little ways bit can go a long way yeah. like that. Like, like yeah. that must have been huge for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dope. Yeah. Well, man, it's it's been crazy. Your journey, like you went, you went Burton contest baby. <laughs> you went, you know, half pipe mediocre guy to uh, Solomon seatbelt grab progressive park jumper. Then you, you know, winning quarter pipe contests, winning big air contests. Rock climb fanatic, engineer, then transferred to video park guy, won the banker bake slalom, regular and switch, and then, you know, transitioning into winning the free ride world tour FT. Like straight up, like right Big out of the gate. <laughs> like, dude, it's crazy what you've done, man. And I just think, I think thank it's just, in, it's really inspiring dude, to see you just can't constantly reinvent yourself when some people just exactly. stay in this pigeonhole. Would you say that's mm-hmm. kind of what keeps you going then? I think I've noticed that's a pattern of mine. Yeah. Is that like, you know, it's like the, the dinner example I came up with is like as soon as I was done cooking the noodles, it's like, all right, what's next? Yeah. We, so we what's next? Tomorrow? Yeah. Um, I'm in on free ride for the foreseeable. You're locked in. Next, next season, yeah. I wanna, you I'm enjoyed do, it. I'm going to do the tour defend again. Defend the title. I want to go to, you know, do the final stop, like mm-hmm. see that through. If The final stop is probably a big deal, huh? It's a, it's like its own thing. There's yeah. like a parade in the whole town. And oh, it's wow. Just like a big is it always at Verbier? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big thing. I mm-hmm. can't wait to see you do this. Yeah, yeah. so do that again. Um, this season I had been trying to film with absinthe which was a really sweet opportunity but also difficult to find a balance between contests and staying like motivated not burnt out to like try fit in filming you know mm-hmm. um so i, I mean, might filming a video parts a full-time job it's exactly yeah it's, and i didn't go you can't in just dip your toe in really and get a part no no and i knew i was planning on just trying to have like some clips yeah um which i think i'll still accomplish a little cameo in your brother's part or something yeah um but yeah, moving forward, I want to figure out ways to get a lot more involved in my snowboarding uh, beyond like being in front of the camera. Um, again, do the tour. I think if everything lines up, Travis Rice is doing his natural selection tour. Shout out to T. Ricky. Shout out. Were you at that trial run, or were you somewhere I, else? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't able to make it. It to looked that. like it was pretty sick, though. Mm-hmm. Huh? And um. They're, I mean, they're only selecting a pretty small group of riders. But you're in there? And I don't know if I'm in there or not. I, I've i been, like, talking to him and, you know, like, in the resi. scene. Copy of the old resi. <laughs> Send him that resi over. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot Travis the resume. No, he's familiar with the... He's familiar like, with the resi. He, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Chris, already got... Chris just listed your resi, so <laughs> yeah. just send him a soundbite. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, wait, we if, forgot about the the Disney movie. And the Disney movie, Cloud oh, yeah, Nine, of course. Yeah. And Pat, are you going to do the Cloud Nine? Also, that's what we're. <laughs> that's people want to know. What's next? <laughs> that's Cloud Nine. Okay, <laughs> copy. Okay, okay, continue. But, yeah, do the tour uh, if I can. I was thinking it could line up to do a lot more like contests next year. Like in hindsight, looking back at this year, I could have also I could have done the tour. I could have also made it to the Travis event, um, and then I could have also made it to Baker and the. Um, 
There's this event called Kings and Queens at Corbett's. I know they fly off the thing. Yeah. Who, who won that this year? I was hearing about that, that recently. Was, so it's a skier and snowboarder event. So Sounds it's like judged. Yeah. And Hans got second. Oh, that's right. Hans. Which yeah. is shout out to the sick. other mud dick, Hans. Yeah, shout out to Hans. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, and then the skiers were like first, third, and fourth. I've yeah. seen a dude go off in on like a... Like a uh, I don't know. The uh, yeah, what do you call it? You get Sitski guy. Yeah, yeah that oh, was incredible. Did yeah. you see that? That guy did it. I didn't see that. That's so that. Yeah, he did that last year. It was incredible. And Hans rolls out, gets second place. Mm-hmm. Which is sweet. Another naturally talented character. He's huh? good Just at the a, things. In a different way. He's good at the things. Non, non-engineer. <laughs> good <laughs> yeah. at stuff. But next season, I think some contests. The tour, maybe Travis's thing. And if I can fit it in, do something like Corbett's Baker. Baker again. If I could do the tour, Baker and Travis's thing. That, that sounds would be, like a big year. That would be like a sweet season. Um, after that, I mean, I feel like I would be sweet to do that next year. Then like seasons after that, maybe if it seems like contest still makes sense, do contest. But I want to start figuring out and be a little more hands-on on the logistics side of having my own project and just kind of understanding that that's it seems like a natural role to project, like a brand, like a contest, like a, what are, um, what are we talking? Like video? just my own, like video, you know, video. Like just something in like a sick 15 minute video. I'd like to watch right. that. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch like that. I, I would hit the subscribe button. Yeah. On the, you know what I'm saying? Consider yeah. two subscribers right here. <laughs> exactly. So one, I got one and two. two. Yeah. Exactly. We're in. <laughs> See if you can monetize yeah. that with YouTube. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm excited. I'm like, I was planning on moving to France this summer, and I was going to be doing engineering work with Solomon. But with that, I've been communicating with with Wole about putting together like a board for his line. Sick, which is dude. I was really riding sweet. one of his boards this year. Yeah, I, I ride his board. I ri- exclusively, I mean, except on the big powder days. Guy. I do break out that uh, the Asmo collab, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the six piece. Other than that, but damn. Yeah, and that's like that board is nuts. Oh man. I because I rode one of the Wole boards all season. It's been like my favorite which, which board I've ever had. How does that but, thing do for like a cab two? Um, I was trying some onto some snowbanks. <laughs> a little hard on the rider. Little hard to get around, <laughs> but that's also me. You know, I'm kind of a stiff guy. I'm, I'm pretty good at like just like landing. Okay. I'm not too okay. good at twisting. Copy. Yep. <laughs> I seen you cab yeah. two though. You got him. Yeah. Well, come on. I didn't, man, I at the cabin, do you remember you did a dope one? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done, I used to. There was about. Uh, I was rail. I was kind of like. Yeah, I get on the steel. My toes in the you rail. Into, you get into into I did a trip. That's you a hard thing to just dip, dip your toes into. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get an aggressive edge. Yeah, catch. you're gonna want to yeah. stay a little more flat base. You're not gonna want to dip the toes. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's a few things I've kind of. I feel like I've I've written off and. I maybe that that's the next one. step. That maybe, could be the next dude, maybe he wins like, like a gym cur- contest. Real snow? Maybe real snow. Yeah, real that could snow? be. You know, <laughs> I would, that could I would be like it. the curveball. Yeah, would that would throw everyone. Yeah. It's like or, or like hot dogs and handrails. Yeah. This guy wins. Wins. Like, yeah. But yeah, real snow. I'd I would have like to come up with more than a cab too. But yeah. give me a summer. We'll work on it. Some people do hot dogs and just do the same trick for three hours. I seen him do. Split board at uh, the rail gardens before. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be a that could be a bold strategy for yeah. hot dogs. You split yeah. board, you split board up, up and, and put you yeah. switch together. over, and it's kind of a promotional thing. I'll, <laughs> like, I'll turn the six piece into a split board. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love best board on the market. Shout out to the heavy, six heavy piece. Board. <laughs> Fired. Oops. Oh, no, wrong, wrong soundbite. Whoopsie. <laughs> That's a soundbite. Oh uh, man, best board on the market, boys. Dang, dude. Dude, we uh, did it! Look uh, at us, I lo- dude. Look it's been incredible. This. Very it's been exciting. Incredible. So sick. I got uh, I got two questions. I kind of want to end. It's actually well, 
it's kind of their combination questions. So okay. Kind of, kind of send off. It's a two part question. The two part. It's a two part. First it's part. A two part. First part. Um, who would you say your biggest influence is in life and or in snowboarding? Just for you know people Ooh. out there. Um, I'm going with a word association thing here. I, instead of looking too deep into it, one of the first like names and faces that popped into mind was uh, Justin Clark, Jay Sick. Stone. Jay yeah. Stone, what a lad. Who also didn't he? Do the, did he work with you on the 6P? He designed the 6P. Exactly. Wow. baby. And now he's yeah. designing boards at K2. Yeah. Things like the Alchemist. Shout out to Jay Stone. <laughs> Shout out to Jay Stone. That's dope. Um, yeah. I was kind of the first. That guy just, he's got a good work ethic. He's an engineer, we, technically. Too. Yeah, we went to, so we went to school together. Yeah. Um, and he was about a year ahead of me. Um, and just kind of seeing everything he's done in the route he's gone. Mm-hmm. And just his work ethic and, like, the way his life's sort of shaping up for him is super... It's just super inspiring mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that's that's part one. And then, um, okay, beautiful. And then I was gonna say, um, what what would you say the most the three most important things you did that helped contribute to your success along the way? Like three three actions or three things that you could maybe name. <sighs> um, reflect. Always look back and try to understand what you had done. Listen. Oh, it, like, and I think with listening, you got to be like super unassuming, right? And that's like maybe this like emotional disconnect part for me. And I think what I am naturally really good at is just kind of like hearing what someone has to say. Don't let my ego get involved, and just try to like pull out things. Um. So what was it? Was listen? What was the first one again? I was. Because I, I, well, I, I got one more left. I, um. Just like. Look, just be observant. Try to always be aware of what's going on around you. That's crucial. Simple. Don't like. I think it's really easy that every one of us gets pretty like narrow tunnel focus, vision, hundred percent. You know, percent. And like whether you know whether that's me in the fall, like training, you know, like, yeah. or during the winter time snowboarding. Like, look, there's always a bigger picture. There's always other pe- like. Think about people around There's a you. There's large, whatnot. like, we live in, like, a world with a lot of people that we all, like, are kind of part of this, like, effort to just be better better people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. We're I know, like, something I think I've realized a little more recently, It's and this is, like, a, a just traveling, but maybe you could take it into life, too, is it's, with traveling, people always were, like, impressed if I was just going to be, like, oh, I'm going to spend, like, two days in Tokyo by myself. I've never really been on a train before, but, like... I got a cell phone. I don't know. I'll figure it out. And and the message there is like, no one's not trying to help you. Like all, the whole infrastructure, to be exact, in a subway system, even though you might be completely overwhelmed in Tokyo, is to get you where you need to go. And like, part of that is just you just kind of like taking some pause, look around, look around, be you observant. Know? Yeah. Do this. Slow wow. Down. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Man, that was this has yeah, been a hell of a conversation. Nils, thanks good. so much t- thank for you taking so much. the time. Do you need to thank any sponsors, people, before we go? Are you good? <sighs> I mean, too many to thank. Um obviously thank my sponsors, Solomon, North Face, Jiro. Thank all you know, friends and family, everyone that's kind of like dealt with my robotic attitude or <laughs> 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 been been a part of it for the ride. Just Allie, Carl, Hans, Winter. I'm just like grateful to be here, man. Yeah, unreal, dope, unreal, dude. Thanks. Thank you so much for yeah, taking yeah, time. Thank you, thank you guys. Been, this Obviously, has been an awesome thank you guys conversation. So much. This has been sweet. Yeah, appreciate it so much.
And so, so. shout out to the Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, Cloud, well, final Cloud shout Man. out to Dove Cameron. Feel free to DM me anytime. <laughs> um, Instagram is Nils underscore Minnick. And uh, I look dick. forward to Min-nick. hearing from you. I hope you Not well. mud dick. It's Minnick. <laughs> it is not mud dick. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Wow, we did it. Nils Mendick, a true champion in all aspects of life. Huh, buds? Dude, complete legend, man. Straight up legend. Once again, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't be afraid to screenshot it, post it on your gram. And we found out that if you do a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, that does a lot for us. We'd really appreciate that. What do you think, buds? Dude, we got that merch up on the website too, man. You want a Bud Diesel shirt? Where do you go? Bombhole. We got a bunch of episodes stacked up. We're going to keep rolling them out. And, uh, man, we're just happy to be a part of this community. You guys are awesome, and and we just want to thank you for listening. Peace. Peace out, man. Thank you so much. So hype, all you guys, man. Keep tuning in. We'll keep churning it out. You know what I'm saying? We'll see you next week. Over and out. Peace.